This is Motor Racing Network Classics, presented by MRN. I don't think there's an inch of space left at Daytona International Speedway as the crowd has assembled themselves in the grandstand and the infield. They have jammed every inch of space, and they're all here pulling for their favorite driver. Bill Elliott just demolished the field in the Daytona 500 last year. Can he do it again this year? The man who's most likely to chase him this afternoon and give him a fit on the racetrack is Dale Earnhardt. Let's go trackside. I got Dale Earnhardt sitting here, and he's. Uh, we've talked to him more this week than we've talked to most of our friends. So every time we turn around, you're back in here. Uh, it, you, you're looking forward to this one. Well, we are, uh, Dick. Uh, you know, it's been a real good week for the Wrangler racing team, and a uh, good wrench on yesterday with the sportsman racing. You know, the cars run good all week, and we're very confident that we can uh, run good today. Uh, the team's just going to work hard and going to try to stay out of trouble and be there around uh, the last 10 laps and uh, hope we can race them. Well, you got a good starting position here, and you're going to be right behind or right beside Elliott. Uh, have you been drafting with him with this car since uh, in practice? Well, yeah, this car here runs real good in the draft, and... Uh, it's a little tight, matter of fact, in the draft, so it's, it's better, really more comfortable out front than it is behind somebody. And uh, I think we're just going to see what the car wants to do and see how the faster draft is and how fast the lead pack is and see what's happening there. What do you think? Can you handle him? I think we've got him. Well, that's enough said, that's for sure. Jerry Punch is standing by with Bill Elliott. Well, just fired inches down here, Barney, and Bill, uh, can't, Bill says he, he can't quite hear me. Uh, he got the headset on talking to his car. I'm going to ask Bill if he can handle it, but uh, they are far up to the road. Take a look at the starting lineup for the Daytona 500. 42nd is a provisional starting spot. Jimmy Means, Forest City, North Carolina, the WNDB Racing Pontiac. Starting 41st, Ken Schrader of Fenton, Missouri, the Red Baron Pizza Ford. 40th, Morgan Shepard of Conover, North Carolina, the Race Hill Farm Chevrolet. Tim Richmond back in 39th position from Ashland, Ohio, the Folger Chevy. Starting 38th, Ken Reagan from Unadilla, Georgia, the McCord Racing Chevrolet. Buddy Arrington starts 37th, the Martinsville, Virginia driver, and the Jim Peacock Ford. Starting 36th, Lakes Speed, Jackson, Mississippi, the Nationwide Pontiac. 35th, Jody Ridley of Chatsworth, Georgia, the Nationwide Ford. 34th, Doug Hebron of Liverpool, New York, and the Protectaliner Chevrolet. 33rd, Joe Rutman from Upland, California, Quaker State Buick. 32nd is young Kirk Bryant out of Thomasville, North Carolina, the Spectrum Furniture Pontiac. And in 31st, Eddie Beerswall, San Antonio, Texas, the Kodak Film Chevrolet. Benny Parsons starts 30th from Ellerby, North Carolina, the Copenhagen Oldsmobile. The veteran short track racer Dick Trickles starts 29th from Wisconsin Rapids, Wisconsin, the Matthews Racing Chevrolet. 28th starter, Pancho Carter of Brownsburg, Indiana, the Sunny King, Kmart Ford. Greg Sachs of Mattituck, New York, starts 27th in the TRW Pontiac. 26th, Jim Sauter of Nacida, Wisconsin, the Evan Root Outboards Pontiac. 25th starter, Mark Martin, Batesville, Arkansas, the Lone Star, Peterbilt, Ford, Thunderbird. Bobby Hillen, Jr. of Midland, Texas, starts the Miller American Chevrolet in 24th. 23rd starter, Ricky Rudd of Chesapeake, Virginia, the Motorcraft Ford. Starting 22nd, Larry Pearson of Spartanburg, South Carolina, the Chattanooga Chews Chevrolet. And 21st starter, A.J. Foyt of Houston, Texas, the Gilmore Copenhagen Oldsmobile. Right in the middle of the field in 20th spot, Tommy Ellis of Richmond, Virginia, the Friedlander Chevrolet. Phil Parsons goes 19th, Denver, North Carolina, Skull Oldsmobile. 18th, Trevor Boys from Calgary, Alberta, Canada, Finky Chevrolet. Starting 17th, Rick Wilson of Bartow, Florida, and the Captain Cody's Oldsmobile. Buddy Baker starts 16th out of Charlotte, North Carolina, the Crisco Oldsmobile. 
15th in the field, Ron Bouchard of Pittsburgh, Massachusetts in the Valvoline Pontiac. 14th, Harry Gant, Taylorsville, North Carolina, the Skull Bandit. 13th, Neil Bonnet, Hueytown, Alabama, the Budweiser Chevrolet. 12th position belongs to Cale Yarborough and the Hardy's Ford. 11th is Richard Petty in the STP Pontiac. 10th, Dave Marcus in the Helen Ray Pontiac. Ninth starter, Sterling Marlin. He's from Columbia, Tennessee. The Bullseye Barbecue Chevrolet as Joe Rutman brings his car down pit road. The hood going up on that Quaker State machine. will update the story in a moment. Eighth starter, Rusty Wallace of St. Louis, the Alugard Pontiac. Seventh starter, Kyle Petty of Randleman, North Carolina, the Sitco 711 Ford. Darrell Waltrip of Franklin, Tennessee starts the Budweiser Chevrolet in sixth. Fifth is Terry Labonte of Corpus Christi, Texas, the Piedmont Oldsmobile. Second row, fourth starter, Dale Earnhardt of Kannapolis, North Carolina, the Wrangler Chevrolet. Bobby Allison of Hueytown starts the Miller American Buick in third spot. Second starter, Jeff Bodine of Chemung, New York, the Levi Garrett Chevrolet, qualified at 204.545 miles an hour. And on the pole from Dawsonville, Georgia, Bill Elliott, the Coors Melling Ford, at the speed of 205.039. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy Ford from fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's back here for Ryan Blaney, four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. Napa! Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shins that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. Napa! Race cars taking the field out of the speedway. They'll make a couple of laps before they cut them loose here this afternoon. To cover the action in the west end of the track where turns one and two lie, let's go to Mark Garrell. Key place on this racetrack, 31 degrees the banking. Perhaps to help you visualize it just a little bit better, take in mind a four-story building and just tilt it back just a little bit, almost straight up and down the turns here at Daytona. The key, can they keep the car wide open at 200 miles per hour in these turns? There's two things that can happen if the chassis isn't quite set up right. It can push, and that means that no matter how hard the driver turns the wheel to the left it'll go straight to the wall or it can be loose every time they go in the turn the back end wants to spin out those are the two problems the multitudes have gathered here in the infield to get some excitement they'll see plenty of it right here today one more lap is the indication as the field comes down into the front straight away into the start finish line to cover the action at the end of the backstretch going into turn number three dave sutherland from wkvt radio in brattleboro vermont down here at the end of this 3,000 foot long backstretch which is as long as a landing strip for an airport the cars will probably peak out at 210 miles an hour. That's faster than the jets landing at Daytona International Airport, which is just a, about a half a mile away from here. 5,000 fans standing in the grandstands along the backstretch, and they'll be watching this field thunder down the backstretch and into the 31-degree banking in turn three. A lot of moves are made in turn four. Joe Moore of Hampton, Virginia is there. All kinds of colors displayed down here, Barney, in turn four. As we look back down towards the triumphal, there's the reds, whites, the blues that the fans are wearing. A lot of folks even shedding their shirts, soaking up the beautiful 
beautiful Florida sunshine. In the infield, there's a sea of campers and trucks and cars and tents and about everything that people can find to stand on getting ready for the start of this event. What we'll be watching at this end of the speedway today is these Winston Cup machines charging at about 200 miles an hour into the 31-degree ranking of turn three and four, then coming off four like on the meanest roller coaster ride you've ever been on, charging back towards the triumphal. A lot of exciting moments we're looking for today here in turn four. Meanwhile, the Absorbing Junior in-car radio and Rusty Wallace's Alugard Pontiac. Rusty, we've had all week to dial it in. Uh, you're ready to go? Hey, I'm really ready to go. The cape's all pumped up. I am too. The car's handling well. We're going for the win. We're not holding back. Well, Rusty, you have a safe day, and we'll be talking to you a bit later on. All right, Eli. Rusty Wallace, Barney, he and the other Pontiac. Shaletta? Fine-tuning yet to do. The highest finish for a Pontiac on Thursday in the qualifying run was fifth in one race and sixth in the other. Well, I found out an awful lot of things in the qualifying races the other day, but there's still a lot of things to be answered about how the new slick bodies are going to work when you get all these cars out there. The other day, there were 31 in each one of the qualifying races. There's 42 drivers out there today. Getting set for the start of the Daytona 500, $1.4 million is on the line this afternoon. Mr. Dick Stegmeyer of the Unical Corporation, the, the honor started this afternoon is atop the flag stand with Harold Kinder as the field comes down about 1,500 feet away from that start-finish line. They're up to about 100 miles an hour. Mr. Stegmeyer puts some under green, and the Daytona 500 is underway. Bill Elliott wastes no time in breaking out of traffic and leads him down into turn number one. 82 tons of rubber and steel rocket into turn number one for the first time. The hot spot is the second position as Bobby Allison dipped down inside of Jeff Bodine, but Bodine overpowered him. He has the top spot as Elliott will lead the pack out of turn two. A battle for fourth spot. Terry Labonte, Kyle Petty, and Dale Earnhardt. Labonte on the inside of Bobby Allison, and they come thundering down this 3,000-foot-long backstretcher lead. Elliott and Bodine pulling away by three car lengths, and they come two by two, fighting for third. It's still Labonte and Allison. A two-car breakaway charging into the 31-degree banking of turn number three. Now it is Jeff Bodine dropping to the bottom of the racetrack. He'll challenge Bill Elliott for the lead in turn four. Those cars have five car lengths on third and fourth place, but it's Bodine who wants to lead the first lap of the Daytona 500 back through the trial to the stripe. It is Bill Elliott by maybe a foot. Bodine still works inside of him. The battle behind them for second and third as Ken Reagan comes down pit road, but the leaders are in one. Terry Labonte still dueling with Bobby Allison for the number three spot, but they now go single file. It is Allison third, Labonte fourth, then Dale Earnhardt, Daryl Waltrip, Rusty Wallace, and Dave Marcus. Back Dave Marcus is a battle behind Marcus for the next spot back, and that car is caught out of the draft as Bill Elliott begins to bring these 200 mile an hour cars into turn three. It's Elliott, Bodine, and Allison. It's a 10 car freight train charging into turn number three once again with Bill Elliott scores milling four up in front of the field. Now Dale Earnhardt charges to the low side. He picks up a spot on Terry Labonte. Dale Earnhardt came right down to the bottom of the racetrack to move up into the position, and that's where his strong suit has been all week long, is low in the corners. He has moved into fourth spot. Single file freight train as they work back to turn number one. No movement, trying to take the lead away from Elliott. Everybody single file behind Earnhardt, Terry Labonte, Darrell Waltrip, Rusty Wallace, Dave Marcus. Here's Richard Petty, that familiar high line, the STP Pontiac. Behind him, running up into contention, Ron Bouchard, Neil Bonnet, and Sterling Marlin. Up front, Dale Earnhardt has picked off the third spot from Bobby Allison. Earnhardt has run stoutly this season. He's going to try to charge down and pick up Jeff Bodine. Elliott still in the top spot as Bodine tries to track him down once again in three. Bodine charges to the low side of the track. 
Elliott's up high. Bodine will pick up the lead in turn four. Earnhardt working well also. He's on the low side of the racetrack as Bodine takes the lead. Elliott goes second. Earnhardt now challenges for second through the trioval. Dale's got it at the line. Elliott is back to third. Allison fourth. Labonte is fifth. A driver change. Grant Adcox will get aboard the 77 car, replacing Reagan as the battle now is for third. Bobby Allison dips down inside of Bill Elliott. He pushed him up the racetrack and grabbed the third spot. Elliott now is dropped, kicked back to fourth. Terry Labonte follows him by just a car length. As the field shuffles around behind first place, Jeff Bodine is charging out with a seven-car length lead now over Dale Earnhardt and Bobby Allison. Allison looking to the inside of Earnhardt. He's going to go for second. Allison goes to the bottom of the racetrack in turn three, and he challenges Earnhardt and makes his move, digging there on the bottom side of the track. Here comes Earnhardt, battling back in turn four, but looks like Allison is telling himself. Good door-to-door -door racing for the second spot as they work back to the double Trouble play. Richard four. Petty just smacked the wall. Go ahead, Joe. Looked like Petty to hit the wall in turn four, came a little bit high coming off the corner and brushed the wall, but got back down in the running groove okay. Richard Petty just brushed that wall very lightly. You could see a little scratch mark on the car and the STP Pontiac as he went by. He's still in race traffic and still running full bore there in turn one. He's falling back through the pack just a little bit. He's dropped out of the top 15 as Buddy Baker just went by along with Kale Yarbrough. There's a little bit of smoke coming off the back end of the STP Pontiac. We've got to theorize that maybe he's got a fender pushed in on the tire. Meanwhile, up front, Jeff Bedine extends his lead over Dale Earnhardt. Bodine charging through turn number three as Earnhardt tries to find someone to pick up the draft along with him to try to catch Bodine as he continues breaking away from the field. Back in the field a little ways. There's Sterling Marlin making a move at the bottom side of the track. Some good driving for Rusty Wallace, Dave Marcus, and Neil Bonnet as they had all gotten by Richard Petty after he bounced off the wall. Heading down pit road, Richard Petty preceding him down the line is Sterling Marlin who had a fine run. Let's go to pit road. They're going to bring Richard in and change right side tires. Check the uh, see how much sheet metal damage he did on the right side, which is a very precautionary thing. I lost a racer one time because he's just exactly the same thing. And the Hoss Ellington crew changing right side tires on Sterling Marlin's Bullseye Barbecue Chevrolet. I'm standing beside Ken Reagan. Ken, this climbed out of your car. What's the problem, Ken? You're, you're ailing a little bit. Well, we had planned for me to get out on the first lap. Uh, Jerry, you know, I was in an accident Thursday and cracked a couple of ribs and a little bit slow on the right side, and Grant, we worked out a deal with him for me to make the first lap. I had to start the race, and then Grant was standing by to get in, so he'll drive the car the rest of the day. That's Grant Adcox in the car number 77. The leader is Jeff Bodine, and he has pulled away from Dale Earnhardt by a good second and a half now as they work back to turn number one. Strong run for Bobby Allison, who is third. Elliott slipped back to fourth. Then it's Labonte. They're in turn one. Everything's spread out just a little bit amongst the leaders, but there's a good battle back there for the 10th spot. Kale Yarbrough side-by-side -side with Dave Marcus. Remember, Yarbrough battle from the back of the pack. He's quickly reeling in the leaders. Right now, they're running side-by-side side off turn number two. Yarbrough to the inside of Dave Marcus, who had a good run in qualifying, and he's looking strong here. Now Yarbrough pulls away quickly and takes over that spot. Meanwhile, up front, pulling away is exactly what Jeff Bodine is doing as he keeps the top spot into turn four. Earnhardt runs second. Bobby Allison is third. Bill Elliott fourth. Richard Petty just across the sharp finish line. He made that unscheduled stop a moment ago after brushing the wall up in turn four. He is in the lead lap, but they're bearing down on him strongly as the pack comes down to the start finish line. Bodine is in front. Earnhardt is second. Allison's third. Fourth is Elliott. Fifth is Labonte. Sixth right now. Rusty Wallace. Seventh is Darrell Waltrip as they head back to turn one. The real hot spot has been that ninth on back early in this race. The leaders have swung away from them just a little bit. Buddy Baker just a while ago, the Crisco kid and that Oldsmobile deep-fried Kale Yarbrough 
Kilgore over here in turn two. Take that spot away. He's now being challenged by Harry Gann as they work up in turn two. Yarborough is still there challenging, along with Rick Wilson, Kyle Petty, and Dave Marcus. Harry Gant would like a piece of that position just ahead of him. He nestles in behind Buddy Baker, but he's not going to be able to make a move here as they come to turn three. Baker will lead that group of race cars into the turn. Meanwhile, up front, Dale Earnhardt is tracking down Jeff O'Donnell. A little bit loose coming through turn three, but he's gathered it back in. The two Junior Johnson cars working in a tandem off turn number four. Neil Bonnet leading Darrell Waltrip. Meanwhile, the lead car is now just 10 seconds behind Richard Petty, who is gamely trying to stay on the lead lap. Back to turn one. It's a series of battles. Earnhardt looked to the inside as they climbed that four-story banking in turn two, but Bodine had the bottom side cover, so Earnhardt tucks in behind him. Bobby Allison just a car length back, then three more car lengths back to Bill Elliott and Terry Labonte. This should be interesting. Earnhardt has been able to drive off the turn two banking and get to the inside. Now he pulls to the inside of Bodine. He's going to mount a challenge for the lead in turn three. Earnhardt doesn't even seem to need a drafting partner. He charged right on up on Bodine, now drops to the bottom of the racetrack, and he'll take the top spot and take Bobby Allison with him. It's now Earnhardt in the top spot. Allison then Bodine. Again, we see Earnhardt use the bottom of the racetrack. He goes in the corner low, keeps that car right down to the bottom, and just drives underneath everyone. He's in the lead. Earnhardt takes him back to turn one, but about 14th position back there. There is a good scramble going on in a group of cars as they work down to the start finish line. A.J. Foyt has been caught in traffic trying to get out and move to the front of the pack. Bill Parsons is in that battle. They are three wide for about 18th position down in turn one. That's been some tough racing just a lap ago. Dave Marcus and Lake Speed playing together in turn one. They brushed each other and almost piled up the pack behind them. Lake Speed leads that tussle. Ron Bouchard behind him, Phil Parsons, along with Joe Rutman and Greg Sachs. That field has now straightened out and up a little closer. We've got them three wide coming into turn three as Kyle Petty gets by Cale Yarbrough moving up on Buddy Baker. Kyle, Kyle Petty going to take over another shot as they go through the banking in turn number three. He has the low side of the track and coming into the bottom of turn number four. Looks like we'll pick up that spot over Lake Speed. 11 laps are complete in the Daytona 500. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. Craftsman in your hand, up to stopping, yeah! Not a chair, quickly stand, only the engine repair. Craftsman in your hand, nothing you can't do! Like the lawn, Mickey John, or that kitchen that on. Craftsman in your hand, up to stopping, yeah! From outdoor care to home and auto repair, do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com. We're under caution at Daytona. A car is slammed into the wall in turn two. Our first caution flag of the day was brought out by the young North Carolina driver, Kirk Ryan, in the Spectrum Pontiac. He was diving down into turn number one. All of a sudden, the car cut loose. He jumped on the brakes, and the car with smoke billowing from the tires as they gripped the asphalt, slid up the racetrack, made a slight impact, the rear end of the car into the concrete retaining wall, then slid down the racetrack. It was a good point for Brian that there was really no other cars around him. The car came to a... Now come to a halt on the bottom of the racetrack, just on the grass apron, just off the asphalt. Brian is moving around and okay. Everyone is on pit road. Let's go first to Jerry Punch. 
Yes, Bodine here pitting in front of me, the Levi Garrett's Chevrolet. They will change four tires, Barney. The two-tire rule has been waived. They can change four under caution. Here's Bodine, Ricky Rudd, Motorcraft Ford coming in for service. Dale Earnhardt has brought the Wrangler Jeans Chevrolet in because the caution was coming out. They changed right side tires early. Here is Neil Bonnet, Bill Elliott down pit road. Bill Parsons pitting in front of me. Rusty Wallace, most of the cars are in for a two or even four tire chain. Go to Dick Brooks. Bobby, we had a short day today. What happened? Oh, we must have burned a bearing. That's what it smells like. Uh, no warning. Just all of a sudden, I got that whiff of uh, terrible smelling smoke that I know you're familiar with, Dick. And, uh, you know, uh, that was all there was to it. It's over. What do you think about the car today, though? You, you were hanging on good, and uh, it looked like it was straight through the trial. Well, I could follow as long as I stayed right behind Earnhardt where I didn't get out in the wind. I could follow him pretty good. But uh, when uh, when I got in the, out in the wind at one time, I tried to pass him. Uh, you know, I just couldn't do anything going in the corner. I had to lift, and he didn't. What do you think about Earnhardt? What do you think about Elliot? Think he's sitting there waiting? Well, I think he probably is. You know, uh, right now he's in the most ideal situation. And... Uh, you know, if if I had a year behind me like he did last year, uh, I probably would not be real concerned with uh, where I was right now, as long as I wasn't in a in a pack of cars that I'd rather not be in. Well, you've done it before. I expect you'll do it again, right? Let's see. Bobby Allison is out of it this afternoon. He's won the Daytona 500. He knows what a victory in this race means. It is the plum of motor racing, no question about that. Everyone, except for some of the back markers, have made an appearance on pit road. And we talked about this being a routine pit stop per se. A routine pit stop would be under caution, normally to change four tires and simply dump in a tank of Union gasoline. Richard Petty was on pit road just a moment ago. Jerry Punch, could you tell what they were doing to his car? Uh, he's pitting up toward uh, Dick Brooks' area, but down at the far end, just pitting, uh, just pitting A.J. Foyt's Copenhagen Oldsmobile, and Foyt had a little trouble getting out of the pitch. It's pretty tight down here in the uh, Dick him. We might mention, Barney, that was a break for Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt had cut a right rear tire down, was going to have to pit anyway. In fact, they already had the pit board as Earnhardt made the left-hand turn down pit road when the caution came out. So he can only change two tires because he had made an entrance on pit road, or he changed only two tires on the right side of the car. So that was some break for the Wrangler Chevrolet. Well, it's, everything else has fallen in his lap all week long, and as they said, it is, he is on a roll at Daytona. They feel like it'll continue today, and just about everybody in the field is kind of wondering if he'll do a number on them. We were going to get back to green flag racing here. However, the caution lights have come back on again. Greg Sachs' car, the TRW-sponsored Pontiac out of Mattituck, New York for Greg Sachs. The problem's on the back straightaway. It is limping around towards pit road, so the lights are back ablaze atop the Pontiac train. Transam safety car. It gives us a moment to chat with Rusty Wallace. The Absorbing Junior in-car radio is in Rusty Wallace's Alugard Pontiac. Rusty, you've been running up among the top five or six cars. It seems though it's working fairly well, but the field is getting a bit more strung out than we expected. Me, the car is okay, but it's just, I have noticed it. Felt like just a little bit of a torque coming from the left front wheel. Rusty, when you take a look at how well Dale Earnhardt and Bill Elliott are running at this point, uh, Earnhardt and also Terry Labonte, are you confident the car is uh, set up as well as you'd wanted? Uh, Barry and the crew got the job done. I come back in Okay, Rusty, we're just talking about the way the car is feeling to you now after you've had the week's worth of work and some 30 laps here today. Is it feeling as you'd hoped it would? Well, it's feeling pretty doggone good the first part of the race. It started to get just a little bit loose as I went on. 
That's the reason I dropped back to seventh there, but uh, everything's looking real good. We got four new tires. We changed the chassis a little bit. We're looking good. Well, Rusty, you're giving it a heck of a run. We'll talk to you again later on. Thanks a lot. We'll stay under caution for Greg Sachs' car a moment until they get him off the apron of the racetrack over in the back straightaway. Meanwhile, Tim Richmond's car has been back on pit road. Let's see if we can get an update from Dick Brooks. Yeah, Harry, uh, you had the hood up on it and the air cleaner off. What was the problem? Uh, he felt the throttle dragging a little bit. It's not sticking, Dick, but it's just dragging enough. It's irritating him, and we uh, cleared it so it wouldn't give him any more trouble. He seems to be doing all right. He gave me the high sign. He was feeling all right. He's feeling good, and uh, he the car's running good, and uh, let's hope we have a little luck. <laughs> okay, then. The die guard machine is being shown a couple of laps down. Enoch Staley takes that fire engine red Pontiac safety car down pit road. We get set to go back to green flag racing as Harold Kinder displays the green 30 laps on the board. The lead car is Dale Earnhardt as he has Terry Labonte and the rest of the field in tow. Neil Bonnet, Jeff Bodine, also the Bill Elliott car. And it's Bodine who tries to make a move to the inside back in one. Sterling Marlin now, who is down a lap, gets beside Dale Earnhardt down in turn one. He's trying to get on the tail end of that lead lap. Earnhardt side by side with him up on the outside. Here comes Neil Bonnet now side by side with Labonte for second. Bonnet will go three wide to the inside of the racetrack and go around Sterling Marlin. He's going for the lead. He's got Jeff Bodine coming. Jeff goes four deep to the inside apron and moves into second. Jeff Bodine almost off the racetrack. He goes so far to the bottom of the banking in turn number three and he slips all the way up to the second spot. He's right on the rear deck of Dale Earnhardt now in turn four. Bodine made a daring move going in to turn number three to take over that number two spot as he trails Earnhardt back to the line, single file through the top eight or ten. Cale Yarbrough is about as close to the front as he has been this afternoon, down to the inside of the racetrack, trying to knock off a couple of positions as he chases the leaders into the west end of the speedway. Just moments ago, the youngster from Spartanburg, South Carolina, Larry Pearson, apparently had the engine go away in the Chattanooga Chevrolet. Meanwhile, a bit for the lead. Jeff Bodine drops to the inside. He's now the brand new leader. Earnhardt drops low to cover the hole because Neil Bonnet was thinking about going right along behind Bodine, and now Bodine Nine's out front by two car lengths over Earnhardt, who is second. Third is Bonnet. Fourth right now is Sterling Marlin, but he's down a lap. And there's a battle for the fifth spot. Terry Labonte drops to the low side of the track in turn three. He's up alongside the Dave Marcus car, trying to gain some ground in turn four. They're side by side. Richard Petty, meanwhile, awfully stout as he was picking off cars through the trioval on the high side of the racetrack. from fourth place back they link up single file trying to catch the leaders not don't want too much daylight on them like we saw here before that caution came out a minute ago Bodine so far the class of the field when he has been ready to go he's made his move in the corner and just driven away from everyone he takes them back to turn two top three or single file moving away from the pack but a good battle for fourth Terry Labonte down to the bottom of the racetrack the Piedmont Oldsmobile side by side with Dave Marcus as Darrell Waltrip and Bill Elliott look on they're trying to catch up but right now Jeff Bodine up front has found a new drafting fighter Neil Bonnet has driven away from Earnhardt and now runs on Bodine's bumper. Neil Bonnet has come up from back in the field and is right up on the rear end of Bodine, hounding him in turn number four now. He looks to the high side just a little bit, stays tucked in single file all four. Meanwhile, in fifth place, Terry Labonte now trying to use Dave Marcus's car as a buffer. He can't as Marcus gets shunted to the outside. Darrell Waltrip, Bill Elliott, Rusty Wallace, and now Cale Yarborough, who just a few laps ago was running 18th, now running up in the eighth spot, heading to one. He slips down inside of Dave Marcus, moves him back another spot. Meanwhile, Benny Parsons is working on Harry Gant, just the car length and back. Gant slides way up the racetrack. Parsons looks down low. He's got some drafting help from Rick Wilson. 
Down the front straight, your leader again, Jeff Bodine with Neil Bonnet. There's about four car lengths back to Dale Earnhardt. Drafting with him, the car lap down, Sterling Marlin. And in your fourth place car, Labonte, 15 cars back. Coming into the low side of the banking in turn three. Bonnet tried to look to the low side, couldn't quite pull it off. There's Sterling Marlin trying to gain some ground. He's right on the rear deck of Dale Earnhardt. Jeff Bodine has been the class of the field this afternoon. He and Earnhardt have been right up at the head of the pack, but there's a story developing there. He may have a problem on the car. Let's go to Jerry Punch. Gary Nelson, the crew chief of the Levi Garrett Chevrolet here in the pit standing with me. And Gary, what is the problem Jeff's been telling you about? Uh, we really don't have any problems. Um, it's a long race. We're just, if anybody comes up and challenges us, we're going to let them go. But at the moment, it looks like everybody's kind of riding around. Um, we feel like uh, the car's a little bit on the loose side. It's close to perfect. We may make one adjustment next stop. Uh, we didn't adjust any on it this past stop. You rolled a couple of tires up there. Is there something about a vibration in the car? Well, uh, there's some kind of... Uh, sometimes a wheel weight will come off of a tire and cause it to vibrate. I just wanted the guys to be ready in case it was something worse than a wheel weight. But I think... I think all it was was a little bit of a balance problem on one of the tires. That's Gary Nelson. Meanwhile, in the pit stand on iron to the pit road, Jimmy Means in the car number 52 for an unscheduled stop. Means had just gone down a lap a few minutes ago. The car that a lot of the fans are watching is Cale Yarborough. He's broken out of that traffic a moment ago, zipped around Darrell Waltrip to move up into about eighth position or sixth position, and now has his sights set on the leader, and he is really coming around this racetrack. Yarborough has dispensed with Darrell Waltrip's car, now sets his sight on the Ford Thunderbird of Bill Elliott, the Coors machine, as they head for Mark Carroll. Three car lengths separate him from Bill Elliott, but he's quickly chewing up the daylight that separates him from the young Dawsonville, Georgia driver. Meanwhile, Elliott looks to the inside of Terry Labonte as they come rocketing down off a of turn two onto the back stretch. Battle for the lead up front, three wide. Earnhardt comes to the inside, apron sweeps underneath Neil Bonnet, who was challenging to go to the top. Jeff Bodine, no problems right now, it looks like, except for two fellows who just slipped by him, Dale Earnhardt and Neil Bonnet. They've taken the first and second spot. Bodine drop back to third. Terry Labonte now running fourth. With 42 complete, Neil Bonnet has taken over the lead here. All of a sudden, he begins to pull away from Earnhardt and Bodine. He's opened up about a five-car separation. That fourth-place car is Terry Labonte. Cale Yarborough just keeps charging to the front of the pack. He's right behind Labonte and has picked his way into fifth position. Here is Walter on pit road. Let's go to the pits. Here, Walter makes an entrance on the pit road, Barney. We're on our way to their pits. It looks, Barney, as though the net, the safety net on the driver's side window is down. And that, of course, is uh, for safety purposes being attended to. Henry Benfield quickly puts some fuel into the Budweiser Chevrolet. Jeff Hammond adjusting the window net. And that evidently was the reason for the black flag. And Dick Brooks, there is absolutely no way a driver could put that window net back up by himself out there running at 200 miles an hour. I've never had but one in all the years that they had the nets that I could put it up from inside the car while you were driving. And most of the time they can't. They fix them so they'll be that way. So if you impact something hard, the thing will stay in and you can't put it in from the inside. Morning, I'm, I'm with Jeff Hammond in the pitch. Jeff, that's the problem with the window net now. Yeah, uh, I think it was Cale or Bill when I got ready to pass him at one time. I got a big gust of wind coming inside the car and it just, you know, blew it out. So uh, we had to come in and put it back up. Well, tough luck for Darrell Waltrip. Waltrip barely managed to get back onto the speedway before the leaders came charging down on him. He may be in danger of going a lap down if they catch him as he works up toward Joe Moore in turn four. And it is Neil Bonnet, the Budweiser Chevrolet, that is tracking down the other Budweiser machine of Darrell Waltrip coming off number four. Running in second is Bodine. Third is Dale Earnhardt. 
So as Darrell Waltrip comes to the stripe, now his car back at full song. We've got the clock on him, and now on Neil Bonnet. Neil merely 2.91 seconds behind putting Darrell a lap down. Neil has two other cars joining them there in the draft mark. It's going to be a handful for Waltrip. It certainly is, but there's some car lengths, about three back to Jeff Bodine. And let's mention now, too, that the handle has gone away on Dale Earnhardt's Wrangler Chevrolet all week long. That crew has prided itself on the fact that that car could handle at the bottom of the racetrack. But the last four or five times by, Earnhardt has risen up the racetrack, up near the wall, and he's been passed by both Bonnet and Bodine, so he's got some problems. 45 laps are down as Neil Bonnet pulls him around the Daytona International Speedway. Should be in the backstretch. Neil Bonnet down the backstretch has about a seven-car length advantage over Jeff Bodine. It's back about 15 car lengths to Dale Earnhardt and nearly the length of the backstretch to fourth place, Cale Yarbrough, who certainly got by Neil. Terry Labonte, who's fifth, Wallace is sixth, and Martin is seventh. A couple of drivers who were up front a little while ago now falling back to the field like Bill Elliott. He's dropped back considerably. Also, Benny Parsons, who noticed his car bouncing all around as he comes to the corner, and Harry Gant seems to have developed a miss. And, Barney, there's a rolling hall of fame coming off turn number four right now. A.J. Foyt and Richard Petty tied together. Two of the winningest drivers that this sport has ever seen, from Indy cars to Winston Cup cars. Those two now tying up in a two-car draft as they work their way through with 47 laps complete. Well, the attrition rate has started early here at the Daytona 500. Harry Gant appeared to break something, slowed drastically going down the front straightaway, and will be heading for the garage. Dave Marcus also having some problems as he slowed and has taken his car to the garage area. Harry Gant's car started missing. They're going to bring it in and take a look at it. it hasn't, they, they don't know what's wrong yet. It's just not running on all eight cylinders. He is on the apron of the track up in turn number four, very slowly making his way to pit road. Bobby Allison lost his engine early in the event this afternoon. If you just joined our broadcast, he is out. Kurt Bryant hit the wall down in turns one and two, but it's all right. It's taken him out of the event for the day as Gant is limping his way down the pit road. Now Harry Gant may join those gentlemen in the garage along with Dave Marcus. Dick Brooks is down in the Harry Gant pit. Have they said anything yet, Dick? Yeah, they said it was missing. They said it was just it's pop, 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 popping. They, uh, they're going to bring him in here and check him. In fact, they're going to bring him in here and take him behind the walls, what they plan to do right here. So here comes Harry Gant. He goes past the one opening to the garage area, but it is likely he'll make the next left right near his pit area and go behind the wall. We'll continue to update that story for you. 51 laps are complete here as Neil Bonnet continues to lead. Jeff Bodine goes in the second spot. Then the lapped car of Darrell Waltrip, third place, belongs to the Dale Earnhardt car. Fourth Harry. now is Cale Yarborough, and fifth is Terry Labonte, Dick Brooks. Harry, what, uh, what seemed to happen, you know? started missing then uh, for about 15 12 12 laps or so there and it is quit then what do you think uh, is the track slick or is it or is the track feeling pretty good your car feel pretty good yeah it feels pretty good uh, you know we just sort of sitting back waiting and it started skipping on me then and i don't know what the trouble is here all right, well, I imagine they'll find it. Harry Gant, who has never had that much success in the Daytona 500, is sitting on pit road hoping to get back in the race this afternoon. 52 laps are complete. Dale Earnhardt, who had been setting a blistering pace here earlier today, and Jerry Punch can update us a bit on that. Well, Barney, a few laps ago, Dale appeared to slow down somewhat in the Wrangler Jeans Chevrolet. And I've walked down to his pits here. The guy who owns the car, Richard Schroeder, standing with me. Richard, Dale has slowed down a little bit. Is there a problem? Uh, we see a little something. We didn't like on the first stop. We're going to kind of pace yourself the first part of the race and then see what happens later on. 
Well, that's Richard Childress, the car owner for Dale Earnhardt Wrangler Chevrolet. They told him to slow down a little bit, Barney. Apparently, uh, he was running awfully hard, and I know it's 500 miles, a long way to go here. Well, that's the only way Dale likes to run, is out front if possible, but I think in the last couple of years, we've seen a change, Dale Earnhardt. He can nurse his equipment, make it last the day, but if it is comfortable running out front without hurting the car, he'll he'll kind of get out there. Otherwise, he's dropped back in the field a bit. Mark Martin's car is on pit road. It slowed a moment ago. The Lone Star machine, as they're taking a look at it, hoping to get him back out there very quickly as Earnhardt flashes by the start-finish line back in third spot. Cale Yarborough still leading a pack of traffic. Terry Labonte is right behind him in fifth position. Then comes Rusty Wallace as they work back to turn number one. That's a very good battle behind them. Rick Wilson, Bill Elliott, also moving into contention there. Tommy Ellis, Benny Parsons, and Joe Rutman. That's a nice, tight eight-car battle for the fourth spot. Hale leads them by two car lengths as they swing out of turn two onto the long back straightaway. That bunch of cars from fourth back to 11th place, and then it's about a half a straightaway back from the cars in 12th back through 20th. The 20th car in the track right now, A.J. Foyt. Kale Yarborough in the middle of that group now as they're trying to catch the front waters. Terry Labonte looks like it's about to hook up with him. And Rusty Wallace is right behind. They'll try to track down the leaders. Right now, Tommy Ellis goes to the bottom of the racetrack, and he's alongside Bill Elliott. So Tommy Ellis trying to make a bit for a spot right there, the Friedlander financial machine, using the low side of the racetrack. But Bill Elliott won't let him go as they streak back across the line. And Bill gets back in single-file formation, relegating Tommy Ellis to another position back. Let's take you a bit further back in the field. We've been telling you consistently about the top five runners. In sixth spot is Rusty Wallace. Seventh spot, Rick Wilson. Eighth belongs to Bill Elliott. Ninth is still Tommy Ellis. Benny Parsons is in tenth. Eleventh is car number 26, Joe Rutman's machine. In the twelfth spot, now Buddy Baker going in thirteenth position. A good run for the Bobby Hillen Jr. car. Lake Speed is fourteenth and Phil Parsons fifteenth. Up to the sixteenth spot now, Kyle Petty 17th is Ron Bouchard. Then you've got Jody Ridley in 18th. Richard Petty, 19th and 20th is A.J. Foyt. Running in 21st is Tim Richmond. Ricky Rudd is in the 22nd spot. Before his untimely stop on Pitt Road, Mark Martin was being shown in 23rd. 24th is Jim Sauter. And 25th, Ken Schrader. Up to the 26th position is Doug Hevron. 27th is Morgan Shepard. In 28th, Poncho Carter with Buddy Arrington 29th and running in the 30th spot, Eddie Beerswall. Those cars were all on the lead lap. So that tells you what kind of competition we're seeing here at Daytona, despite the fact that the field is pretty well strung out around this racetrack. There are some 30 cars still on the lead lap with 56 laps complete. Let's go to the garage in Dick Brooks. Uh, yeah, Barney and Standard talking to Dave Marcus, and he said that he just had some sort of motor problem. What, what happened, you know? Dick, I don't really know. Uh, Lake Speed nailed me earlier in the race, and I had to come in and make an unscheduled stop and put four tires on because we had a fender rubbing. And we got back out there, and that caution come, and on the restart, you know, I jumped back in with the leaders. The car was going along very good, and I looked down at the oil pressure, and I've been holding about 70 pounds, and I only had like 35, so I kept my eye on it kind of got away from other cars in case something would happen, and I'm losing about five pounds per lap. That's a lot of oil pressure to be losing, boy. This is uh, kind of a new thing for you. You guys are going to be together all year. You looking forward to it, or what do you got? Yes, it's a one-year deal, Dick, and I'm really looking forward to it. They're going to give me competitive equipment, the money to buy tires and new engines and things, so I really am looking forward to having a good season. All right, Dave, good luck to you. An unscheduled pit stop for Dale Earnhardt. Let's go to Jerry Punch. 
Wrangler Chevrolet in for 13 and 8 10 seconds far, and they changed right side tires. And I talked to Richard Childress and the crew here. They said that Dale told them the car seemed to be doing okay. They've only run about 29 or 30 laps since their last pit stop. They could actually have gone almost 40 laps on a fuel stop. They wanted to come in and check the tires. Remember, earlier in the race, they came in and had cut a right rear tire down. They wanted to make sure the chassis was okay and not take any chances on cutting another tire, maybe impacting the wall somewhere on the racetrack. Dale Earnhardt had to hustle to get back out there ahead of the leaders, but he is still on the tail end of the lead lap. Neil Bonnet is right behind him some eight or ten seconds back. Ricky Rudd is on pit road, and that would be an unscheduled stop. Let's go back to Jerry Punch. The Mudmore Motorcraft crew going to work on Ricky Rudd's Ford Thunderbird. They had the left side tires off, or the right side tires off. They're changing the right side tires, cleaning the windshield. They have one fuel can in, the second fuel can now up in. Time, they're getting the second can, trying to get all the fuel in the car. They drop it now off the jack. Ricky Rudd down on the way, 15 to 2 tenths seconds. Meanwhile, Dick Trickle brings his car, number 42, down pit road very, very slowly. The car apparently missing someone as it comes by us. Been a very frustrating day for the Bud Moore team and the Motorcraft Ford. They have not been up to song all week long. They continue to work, and I don't think there's a team in the garage area that puts in any more effort than they do. They'll get it sorted out. Barney, with I got uh, caught Larry Pearson here. He's, uh, it was kind of a short day for you, Larry. Tell us what happened. Well, I really don't know, Dick. Uh, the car really didn't run that well from the start of the race. We, we cracked the head on our uh, motor that was going to run, and uh, cranked it up this morning to warm the, warm the engine up, and the uh, water went out of it. So, you know, we put a new motor in. We really hadn't tested it, and, uh, you know, I really don't know what happened. I think we dropped the valve or something. All right, Larry. Good luck to you next time. Larry Pearson making a Winston Cup start here at Daytona as Rusty Wallace appears on pit road, along also with a 26 machine of Joe Rutman and the four car this year being driven by young Rick Wilson. He's had a pretty good run all week long. They had high hopes today. And Jerry Punch, these probably would be routine pit stops. Well, now they would be, Barney. They've run about 33 laps since their last pit stop, the last caution on lap 30. Trouble in turn two. Minutes. Richard Petty and the STP Pontiac have slammed into the turn two concrete retaining wall. The car now sliding down the back straightaway. Petty now guiding the car to the inside of the racetrack out of harm's way. Richard Petty has just hit the wall. He smacked it a little bit earlier this afternoon, made an unscheduled stop, and was playing catch-up to the field. And Petty, the seven-time Daytona 500 winner, having more than his share of problems in the early going this afternoon, and has put us under the second caution flag of the day on lap number 64, as Petty is on the apron of the track and will be limping onto pit road here in just a moment. Good bit of right front damage to the STP Pontiac for Richard Petty as he takes it around towards uh, the pit area. And that is the second caution flag of the afternoon. Afternoon comes out on lap number 64. Let's go to pit road first to Dick Brooks. I'm just still leaving it from the garage over here, so I haven't got back to pit road yet. But what I've seen from where I can see is everybody just make a regular routine stop. Now I think one thing I couldn't see while I go where Earnhardt it hurt him pitting early or not. I don't know how many other people had pitted, but I know they're all trying to beat him out. Jerry Punch. Well, they're waiting for Dale Earnhardt to come back in. Most of the cars have made routine stops out here. Here's one of the Miller cars, Bobby Miller Jr. moving back down. They're waiting for Earnhardt to come back in to get those left side tires on. Most of the cars have been in a four-tire change for the Levi Garrett efforts for Jeff Bodine. 
Same way with the, the 14 of A.J. Foyt. Most of the cars pitting out here have taken advantage of this caution to change four cars. We said earlier, Barney, it would be the right time for a routine pit stop, about 34 or 35 laps, about 87 to 90 miles is all that can go on fuel. Petty's car has been hitched up to a wrecker and taken back to the garage area. Dick Brooks is making his way over there and we'll get the story as to whether Richard will be able to continue this afternoon or whether it will be a short day for the seven-time Daytona 500 winter. With 67 laps complete, this is the way they're running. Bonnet's still up front. Bodine rides second. They're posting Kale up in third spot right now. Tommy Ellis had been up in the top five. That may jumble a bit as rash of pit stops brought everybody on pit road, some a couple of times. Marty, uh, scoring is also updating us that a couple of the guys just got caught as pit stops had just begun when Richard Petty hit the wall. Joe Rutman came in twice. They are now showing him a lap down. They're showing the 7-Eleven Ford Thunderbird for Kyle Petty as a lap down. They say Jody Ridley also uh, losing a lap on pit road during that most recent caution period. Matter of fact, Rusty Wallace is carrying the Absorbine Junior in-car radio. And Rusty, you've got yourself a heck of a run going now. Well, you know, everything's going good. The car's handling good. We made a pit stop a little while ago, and the caution came out as soon as we made that. So it looks like it's got us at the tail end of the lead lap right now, and uh, I've got a rough job ahead of me. There's no doubt about that, but we didn't need that caution flag. That really hurt us. Well, Rusty, give yourself a good run. We'll talk to you again a bit later on. Rusty Wallace, the in-car radio sponsored by Absorbine Jr., the rub-it-in solution for sore muscles. Pace car is on pit road. Green flag is out as Harold Kinder has it in his hand. He has not quite displayed it yet as they're about a quarter of a mile away. Now he waves the green and they come up through that gearbox. Waltrip moves out of the way to kind of give the field a little running room down to the apron of the track as they put him under green. Neil Bonnet goes way to the outside and Bonnet's car slows. There's a problem on Neil Bonnet's car. He almost gets tagged as they head for turn one. Jeff Bodine's a new leader, but uh, Daryl Waltrip has been able to get back on the lead lap. Sterling Marlin now challenged. Bodine to also get back on the lead lap. Second spot is Kale Yarborough. Behind him, Tommy Ellis, Bill Elliott, Bobby Hillen, and Rick Wilson. Bodine will be in jeopardy. He pulls out to the inside and goes around Waltrip, and he'll take several drafting partners with him. Bodine, your leader. Martin goes with him. Marlin does, and here comes Yarborough. Bodine leads all three of them in that front pack on around Waltrip as they climb the banking in turn number three. It's the uh, Sterling Marlin car, little in the uh, not in the lead lap. Kale Yarborough next to line. So the field comes off turn number four, snaking through the trioval area. And it's Jeff Bodine who will lead the parade back to the start-finish line. Yarborough is now up to the second spot. Darrell Waltrip's car there working its way through race traffic. Single file back to 23rd spot at one. Neil Bonnet, when he went by, it sounded like the car was still caught in first or second gear. He might not have been able to get to the high gear on that last restart. Jeff Bodine speeds out of turn two. But I really pours it on now down the back straightaway, trying to get away from the Waltrip car, the Marlin car, and everybody else. Sitting back in second spot is Yarbrough. Third now is Tommy Ellis. Jeff O'Dine rocketing on into turn three as the rest of the field tries to track him down. Here's Kale Yarborough going to the low side of the racetrack. He'll try to move up around that lap car and catch the leader. With the front runners head back down to the start finish line, pulling on to pit road, Neil Bonnet. Has to be total frustration for Bonnet here after being at the head of the pack most of the afternoon as the leaders flash across the line. Let's go to Jerry Punch. Morning, the Budweiser Chevrolet on pit road. They're going to jack it up. Apparently what Mark Garrow said was the problem is indeed the problem. The transmission apparently stuck in in gear. Now they're going to try. Now they can't get it back in gear and get it going. They put it in fourth gear and they still can't get it. No clutch. 
So they have a drive shaft here behind the wall. They managed to bring him back. Jeff Hammond, some of the Darrell Waltrip crew trying to help their teammates is Tim Brewer and the rest of the Budweiser crew still cannot get the Neil Bonnet car in gear. Not been a good day for the Budweiser machines as Waltrip's car is not up to song to run up there with the leaders. He's a lap behind also. 77 are on the board. 200 make up the Daytona 500. Jeff Bodine pulls him out of the corner up in turn number four. That's been a strong car all afternoon. Bodine goes across the line. Cale Yarbrough is now up into second. Tommy Ellis rides in the third spot. Elliott is fourth, single file. They're back in the banking in the west end of the track. Behind Bill Elliott, Ron Bouchard, and Rick Wilson also give a call to Bobby Hillen Jr. He started 24th in a backup car, and he has worked his way up into the sixth position as he's followed by seven or eight cars as they try to track down the leaders. Track down they do. Jeff Bodine showing the way down here. He's pulling away from the Sterling Marlin car that's a lap down and sits between Bodine and Yarbrough. Here's Ellis working around Waltrip, and Bill Elliott trying to go to the inside. The Freelander Chevrolet of Tommy Ellis hooks up with Bill Elliott. They go around the Waltrip car and start closing in on the front duo. Bodine still in the point in turn four. K.O. Yarborough trying to make a move on the low side of the racetrack and get past the lapped car of Sterling Marlin. Harry Gant has returned to the action. He is 12 laps down. Jimmy Means has come back from the garage area. He's returned to action as the leaders are in one. Pretty good tussle. A little farther back from the leader is Darrell Waltrip fighting it out with Rick Wilson and Rod Bouchard. Meanwhile, K.O. Yarborough has finally broken free from the lap traffic. He's just six car lengths off of Jeff Bodine's back bumpers. They head on to the back stretch. Marlin finally caught on the outside going into turn two. Tommy Ellis will swing by that car and try to catch your leaders. Yarborough's got about ten car lengths to chase down Jeff Bodine. That Levi Garrett machine of Bodine is cranking it out here this afternoon as he climbs the banking in turn number three. A little bit loose entering three, but he straightens it out riding halfway through the banking. Coming off four. He's on the point with Yarborough tracking him down. Fans are on their feet watching this battle for the lead as Bodine brings him down. Kale continues to chew up real estate and shorten the distance between himself and leader Jeff Bodine. They head back to turn number one. Tommy Ellis still rides in the third spot. Elliott's right there in fourth. Then it's Ron Bouchard and Bobby Hill and Jr. Marty Hall, I'm standing beside Neil Bonnet behind the wall. Neil, what's the problem with the car? Jerry, I shifted from second to third gear and the shifter broke. We either broke something in a transmission or shifter. I don't have anything but first and second gear. Well, Neil's still in the car. They're underneath the car. Tim Brewer and the Budweiser crew. A long day for Neil Bonnet. Well, that'll make you want to cry. He almost pulled an upset here and almost sneaked around and pulled it off last year in the final laps of the Daytona 500. Had an engine let go going into turn number one that put him out. 74-lap rundown at that juncture showed Bonnet the leader. Since that time, he has gone behind the wall, so that moves Bodine up front. Cale is still second. Tommy Ellis third, fourth. Now Bill Elliott, fifth Bobby Hillen. The sixth place belongs to Ron Bouchard. Good run this afternoon for A.J. Foyt. He's right up there in eighth position. Then back to ninth, they're posting Dale Earnhardt. So Earnhardt is far back in the field. He has his work cut out for him to get back to the front. The leaders are over in two. Well, Earnhardt is working very strongly right now. After that last pit stop, the trouble hit, at the bottom of the apron in turn two. It is Harry Gant. Harry Gant has gotten together with Bill Parsons. Both of those cars slid slightly, but didn't go around. Now a couple of other cars in the wall in turn two. The Kmart Ford of Poncho Carter and now spinning off the asphalt into the grass is Kyle Petty, 7-Eleven Ford. The car for Petty did not come in contact with the wall. He is now back under his own power, pointed the straight way down the back stretch, but Poncho Carter's Kmart Ford slammed into the concrete retaining wall and completely stove in the front of that car. Puts us under caution for the third time this afternoon as the field flashes across the line. The leader will dive onto pit road. Again, that caution came out on lap number 81. Let's go back to turn two. Right now, Poncho Carter is working on releasing some of that 
safety paraphernalia, the safety belts, of course, they have a pop-off steering wheel, so it makes it easier for the driver to get out. He is now climbing out of his car as the safety crews are quickly going to his aid. He was the only car involved in that shunt that started first with Harry Gann and Phil Carson sliding along the bottom of the racetrack. Both of those cars got about 45 degrees out of shape, but were able to handle the car and point it back in a straight line. And as soon as they straightened out their cars, Poncho Carter ran into the wall head-on, basically, along with Kyle Petty sliding along the middle of the racetrack trying to avoid him. But now Poncho Carter climbs out of the car. He is okay. Kyle Petty seemed to have a fender stove in on the right rear tire, and that's the smoke coming from behind the 7-Eleven machine. Everybody else coming down pit road as we are 82 laps into the Daytona 500. Harold Kinder puts him under green, and Bodine, the leader, gets a good jump on the brake, pulls away by a couple of car lengths. He does not shake Earnhardt, however. He's right there with him in turn one. The Wrangler Chevrolet taking a fight out of his back bumper like a junkyard dog now in turn number two. Bodine slides a little bit up the racetrack. Earnhardt had some ideas about going underneath him. Couldn't do it. Meanwhile, the third-place car is Tommy Ellis. He's trapped in lap traffic as they move out of turn two. Ellis will try to go high to the outside and get around the car of Joe Rutman to move up the line. Right now, he's got a drag with Rutman down the back straight to try to catch your leaders. Bodine and Earnhardt into the turn three. Earnhardt closing in on Jeff Bodine, climbing the banking of turn number three. Now Earnhardt goes a little bit high, gets a little loose, tracks it back down. Here comes Darrell Walter trying to close him. Further back at around 14th position, Terry Labonte trying to make a move, having hooked together with Tim Richmond, and they'll work their way through traffic. The leader is Jeff Bodine. Earnhardt is second. Tommy Ellis is separated from those two cars by about 10 car lanes and two laps cars back in one. Behind Tommy Ellis and down a lap is Daryl Waltrip. Then a good side-by-side battle for fourth. Cale Yarbrough, the Hardy's Ford, way down at the bottom of the racetrack. He just overpowered the nationwide Pontiac of Lake Speed. And on the move is Rusty Wallace and Bill Elliott. Rusty Wallace, who got his lap back during the previous caution, trying to come down the inside and draft along with Yarbrough. But Yarbrough's able to pull away. Wallace gets caught side-by-side -side with Lake Speed battling for that fifth spot. Daryl Waltrip must have made some adjustments on that pit stop. His Budweiser Chevrolet is starting to close in although he is a lap down. He's going to try to catch him and go around and pick up a lap here. Cale Yarborough still trapped back there in traffic. He's picked his way up to the front a couple of times, but now he's going to have to do it all over again. He's in his backup car here today. Looks down to the inside of Darrell Walker, the lap car, trying to move up a little bit and then thinks better of it. He's just going to hang on to the draft. They're back in one. Everybody single file behind Cale. The line starts to tighten. It's Lake Speed. Rusty Wallace, A.J. Foyt, Supertex closes in with Ron Bouchard. Bill Elliott also on the march with Buddy Baker in tow. They are flying through traffic now. Darrell Walter pulling Yarbrough through past one lap car as they come down the back straightaway, trying to catch your leaders. Bodine has opened up a substantial margin on Earnhardt. Bodine climbs the banking in turn number three with Earnhardt falling back just a little bit. On back in there, running third now. Within eye shot of Dale Earnhardt is Tommy Ellis. He's got Joe Rubin on lap car behind him. Tommy Ellis's car, one of the stronger ones in off-season testing here this uh, November and December, but it's Jeff Bodine. Up the stripe now working with just a one second advantage over Dale Earnhardt. It's a second and a quarter back to Tommy Ellis. About 12 car lanes between each of those front three cars. At least for the first time, Ellis has been able to break free from the race traffic since that last restart. Cale Yarborough has to deal with just Joe Rutman before he's also getting a clean shot at the leaders. Meanwhile, A.J. Foyt's now in front of Lake Speed and Ron Bouchard. They're drafting on the back stretch. A.J. Foyt picked up a couple of spots on the last time by. Right now, he's got to do a little running if he's going to catch up to Tommy Ellis and the rest of the cars up front. And that's exactly what he's doing. He's running, and he's closing in on some of the lap traffic. A.J. Foyt headed for the front as he headed at turn number three. He drops to the bottom of the racetrack and looks for room back 
second and single file. Thus far in the race, it looks like Jeff Bodine is just going to be the class of the field. He and Earnhardt, they're both at the head of the class. Give a call to Tommy Ellis. That team has worked their buns off all week long to get things going for him. It's paying off for them this afternoon. He's been right up in the thick of things, currently rides in the third spot. There's one car smoking off turn number four, heading out of everybody's way and down pit road, so everybody continues under green. That's Ken Schrader, a defending champion spark plug rookie. Now they will put out the caution flag as Schrader evidently did put down some uh, fluid in turn number four. So the leader is now steaming up to turn three, racing back to the flag. Joe Moore has him as they climb the banking behind Jeff Bodine. Coming back in to turn number three, Bodine and Earnhardt all getting off the throttle now. Tommy Ellis will close on in. There's Joe Rutman going to the low side of Cale Yarber, almost gets into the side of him as Rutman tries to pick his way back through the field and race him back down the stripe. Looks like the race is going to be to pit road, and that's what it is. As Bodine peels off, takes his car into the pit, several cars will stay out there, including Cale Yarborough and Buddy Baker, as we're under caution for the fourth time here this afternoon with 93 laps complete. As we get ready to go back to green at lap number 97, the leader, young Sterling Marlin. He raised a lot of eyebrows in qualifying the other day, posting the third overall speed, but he is the leader. Bobby Hillen Jr., another one of the young upcoming stars of NASCAR, is up in the number two position. Tim Richmond rides third. Fourth is Terry Labonte. Fifth is Jeff Bodine. Sixth is Dale Earnhardt. Ron Bouchard is seventh. And Tommy Ellis is eighth. Cale Yarborough is ninth. Benny Parsons currently is in tenth position as they form up for a start in turn four. Pontiac Trans Am accelerator headed for pit road now leaving the field behind they're high in the banking of turn four sterling marlin from columbia tennessee getting ready to take the field back under the green flag safety car is out of the way in the field now being paced by sterling marlin lake speed's car continues to sit on pit road as we look for a green harold kinder now displays it and here we go back to racing 97 laps into the 200 sterling marlin quickly through the gearbox bobby hillen jr stays right with him the tim richmond car running in third spot fourth and fifth now terry labonte and jeff bodine aj foyt struggling to try and get back on the lead lap tim richmond working around the slower car of kyle petty that's down at least one lap terry labonte is following him in the draft Jeff Bodine now locked side by side with A.J. Ford as they swing out of turn number two. Bodine sitting back in the fifth spot on the field now as the lead cars let the slower cars move to the inside and start training down the back straightaway, leading Sterling Marlin, Bobby Hillen, and Tim Richmond. A.J. Foyt is going back in the field as he got down on the low side of the track, could not hook up with a drafting partner, and he's fall, fell, fallen way back in that lead pack. Sterling Marlin on the point at turn four. Time to get serious here at Daytona. 96 laps on the board as they come down to the line right now. Sterling Marlin leads the way as they chase him back into turn number one. Bobby Hillen, outstanding run for this young driver. He crashed in practice here the other day, and his crew has really worked all week long to just get him back in the field, and currently he rides in the second spot. He's about to have some company. Jeff Bodine has been the class of the field, is closing in, but he gets out of shape in turn number two, drops back a couple of spots as Tim Richmond and Neil Bonnet go by Bodine. Tim Richmond may be hurting, but he's certainly driving well right now. He's in fourth, challenging for third, trying to catch up to your leaders. Neil Bonnet drops to the low side, entering turn number three, and he is trying to battle to pick up that third position down to the bottom of the racetrack as Tim Richmond's car goes high. Bonnet will take over third. So there are two lap cars now separating second place Bobby Hillen from third place Jeff Bodine. Dale Earnhardt tries to make a move to the inside of the Buddy Baker car and work his way through traffic. Tommy Ellis hooks on right behind the Earnhardt car. They're seventh and eighth in line across the stripe, but the leader is still Sterling Marlin. 
Dale Earnhardt drops to the inside of Rick Wilson. He's trying to climb his way back into the front pack. Meanwhile, Neil Bonnet, who's down many, many laps, trying to get one of them back as he works to the inside of Bobby Hillen and Sterling Marlin off turn two. Bonnet looks strong trying to get his lap back. He's actually challenging your leader, and he's going to help by taking the draft past Sterling Marlin. Marlin gets kicked to the high side. Martin and Martin. Neil Bonnet back up in the top spot now as he goes right on by Hillen and Marlin, and he's moving away by some six car lengths coming off the corner. Now Dale Earnhardt drops to the bottom of the class. Caution is on the speedway. A moment ago, it appeared that the Kodak car might have lost an engine going into turn number one. They'll race back to the start-finish line as they zip across. It will be this time. Harold Kinder displays the flag to them, and we're looking for the car that lost the engine down in front of Mark Garrow. That was Eddie Beerswell, the young driver from San Antonio, Texas, the Kodak Chevrolet. As they went into turn number one, the engine just lunched and dropped out from underneath the race car. The lead car is now working out of turn number two to catch up with the pace car. Down they come, and they're trying to do a little racing to get back to the line, and Sterling Marlin, uh, who had that chance to lead, will have to look at the back bumper of Bobby Hillen and Tim Richmond now. This time, Neil Bonnet will give no one a chance to make up a lap on him as he is continually moving away from the field. Coming off the banking in turn number four, he's got uh, a slower car behind him now making his move off the fourth corner. That'll be the Bobby Hillen car, and uh, it's a Sterling Marlin machine next in line. Eddie Beerswall heads towards pit road. The reason for this caution flag, the fifth of the afternoon. Everybody else coming down pit road. Bobby Hillen as well. Bobby, what do you have to learn this season? You're running well. I'm going to learn how to win. <laughs> That's what I want to do. I feel like this is the time. I feel like it's time to go for it. You know, I've respected the drivers uh, since I've been racing, and now it's time to go out and try to win, and I'm really going to do everything I can to try to put this uh, Buick up front. That's Bobby Hillen Jr. Jerry Punch is in that pit area. Bobby Hillen getting right side tires. Now they go around to the left side of the car. The Levi Garrett effort of Jeff Bodine. Likewise, getting four tires. Further up pit row, the Bullseye Barbecue effort. The leader, Sterling Marlin. Hall Seligan and Rutt Pittman of the crew changing four tires on that car. To my left, further down pit road, the car number three, the Wrangler Chevrolet. Dale Earnhardt getting four tires. Here is the car number 56, Phil Parsons on pit road. And the Copenhagen efforts, 55, Benny Parsons. Cars now moving down. Routine pit stop. Further up pit road is Nick Brooks. The only thing we've got, just people coming in getting regular routine tire changes and uh, nothing here that I've seen that they didn't do a few minutes ago. At the Daytona International Speedway, we'll go back to green next time around with lap 104 coming up on the board. We've just passed the halfway point. The leader is Tim Richmond. Rod Bouchard currently is showing in the second spot. Cale Yarbrough is third. Bill Elliott's fourth. Tommy Ellis is fifth. And Rusty Wallace is in sixth position. Rusty is carrying our in-car radio today in the Allugard Pontiac, sponsored by Absorbing Junior. Rusty, as you get ready to go back the restart, has this race gone exactly as you expected it to? Well, apparently Rusty's busy getting ready to cinch up that seat belt and try to get back to the front, but he's been a contender all afternoon. We'll get a word with him a little bit later. Barney, I'm down in the Bobby Hill and Pitts with the Miller American Buick. Uh, his crew chief, Ron Perrier, with me. Ron, it's been a rough week for you, but you're having a pretty good day. Well, we worked very hard preparing a Buick to come down here. We had trouble and lost the engine and crashed. And we had to run our backup car from last year. And we've been playing catch up all along, but we're finally there. Well, that's Ron Perrier here in the Bobby Hill and Pitts. They're doing a pretty good job, and they're busy right now. Back on the headset with uh, Bobby Hill. 
After 100 laps, Jeff Bodine's team leads Dale Earnhardt's team by 27 and a half seconds in the battle for today's opening round of the Ingersoll Rand National Pit Crew Championship. Rusty Wallace's team is in third place, 15.13 seconds behind second, and today's pit crew contest winner will be the team whose finishing car spends the least total time in the pits. Good to see Ingersoll Rand involved again. The pit crews really like that. Here is the pace car on pit road. Double file restart in the Daytona 500 as they get bound to business again. Up front, Tim Richmond. Remember, Richmond crashed here the other day in the qualifier. Very sore muscles, he said, all the way around, including some sore ribs. But he's doing a good job this afternoon in the Folgers car. Rick Wilson trying to get himself back on the lead lap underneath the leader as they head for one. They're side by side. It's been a long road to the front spot for Richmond. He started 39th. He is now at the point of that field. Ron Bouchard is behind him. They're side by side because at the bottom of the racetrack, Wilson, A.J. Foyt and Neil Bonnet trying to get a lap back on the leaders. And they go three wide off the second turn. They are spread out all over the racetrack. And boy, Tim Richmond's going to have his hands full trying to hold on to that lead. The first one to go by him on the inside is Rick Wilson trying to get his lap back. And Foyt's going there, too. Rick Wilson determined to get that lap back as he holds on to the bottom side of the racetrack. But Tim Richmond stays right alongside him up on the high side. Coming into turn number four, there's Darrell Walter going out of the bottom in turn four. Well, the field comes stringing off the corner as still trying to work his way towards the point is Tim Richmond. Rick Wilson's car is the first one across the stripe at this juncture. The leaders are directly behind him as they work back towards turn number one. Still single file back to fifth. Rick Wilson and A.J. Foyt now are on the tail end of the lead lap. The leader is Tim Richmond. He's followed closely by Lake Speed and Ron Bouchard. They're second and third. They're trapped in some slower traffic as is Bill Elliott and Tommy Ellis. Foyt went high and that major leader give the opportunity to get Tim Richmond underneath him and Richmond is now moving down the backstretch to take over the car of Mark of, of Wilson. Neil Bonnet and Cale Yarborough now are the ones on the move as they come into the banking. Bonnet goes down to the low side of Tim Richmond, takes over the top spot. Here comes Yarborough, tracking him down. Remember that Neil Bonnet is several laps behind. He broke a shifter and went behind pit wall a moment ago, but Bonnet is still out there really mixing it up. They splash back into turn number one. They're black flagging the Morgan Shepard car a moment ago, apparently for jumping the restart as the field heads to the banking in the west end of the speedway. Barney, I've got Eddie, uh, Eddie Burswell here. What happened to your car? Well, Dick, we were coming down to the trial one, and uh, I was trying to keep up in the draft, and I had a little bit of difficulty, and I was just wanting to keep my place, and that's when I found out my difficulty the motor was fixing to let go, and it let go of us right through the trial. Well, it's been, a, been kind of a short day, but uh, with the new sponsor and stuff, maybe you get it together for the year. Yes, sir. We've got a full season to go with the Kodak Film team. We had a tough week all week. Just uh, another way to end the week up, but we're, we're happy. We've come around this far. We've got a long way to go, and we're looking forward to it. All right, Barney, I talked to Greg Sachs uh, leaving out of the pit row a while ago. He said they lost a clutch in the number 10 car. The leader is still Tim Richmond, but he is really has his hands full with Cale Yarborough right now, as Yarborough may have ideas about putting that forward in the lead himself. Tim Richmond hasn't won the Daytona 500. Cale Yarborough has made that trip to victory lane four times, and he's breathing down the back neck of Tim Richmond. Richmond's now car was forced out of the draft by Rick Wilson. Yarborough closes in. Yarborough's really putting the pressure on now. Wilson sits out along the wall, and Aristofield's trying to get underneath him. Right now, it looks like Richmond's going to hold his spot. And it's Ron Bouchard on the move. He started 15th today. He's been kind of quiet, picking his way through the field. He's right up on the rear deck now. Tim Richmond's car as Cale Yarborough goes high. 
And the field comes across the stripe. They'll be getting the caution flag. The Morgan Shepherd car that had received the black flag moments ago has stalled at the exit of pit road as the field comes across the stripe. Cale Yarborough will take the caution flag as the race leader. Everybody else holds positions directly behind them. A couple of cars did manage to get a lap back on that exchange. Neil Bonnet and Rick Wilson will each pick up one of the laps that they were in arrears. 109 laps are complete. We are under the sixth caution flag of the afternoon, brought out by the Morgan Shepherd car that has stalled at the exit to Pitt Road. It is truly a sight to behold in Winston Cup racing when you watch 15 or 20 cars dive onto Pitt Road and the Pitt crews jump over the wall and go to work to change four tires and dump in the gasoline and try to accomplish that in about 14 or 15 seconds. Let's go to Jerry Punch. Indeed it is, Barney, and they are changing tires out here on the, Budmore, on the Budweiser Chevrolet of Darrell Waltrip. That crew has changed right side tires. Now left side of the car going up. Neil Bonnet brings that car in for fuel only. Most of the cars down on our end of the pit road have, has added fuel only as they only pitted about six or seven laps ago. The only car I see changing tires now is Darrell Waltrip, and he's down on the way. So Barney Rick Wilson gets back on the lead lap. A good bit of racing and a... Well, a break was there for him to take advantage of as he came across the line. So he's back on the lead lap. Neil Bonnet picks up one of the laps. He was in arrears. And now the Morgan Shepherd car being towed back from the end of Pitt Road to uh, the garage area. And we'll get an update on that car as quickly as we can. Let's uh, quickly give you some of the drivers that fell out this afternoon for various reasons and update you in case your favorite driver, you're wondering what he's doing. Bobby Allison went out early today with engine problems. Kurt Bryant crashed, but he's okay. Put his car out of competition. Larry Pearson lost an engine. Harry has had trouble. He's at least 12 laps behind, but he is back out there running now. Dave Marcus is out with engine problems also. Mark Martin has retired his car. Richard Petty crashed going off turn number two. Richard is all right, apparently bruised up a little bit, but he will not win his eighth Daytona 500 today. He's out of it. Neil Bonnet went behind the wall for a little while. He's back out there. Poncho Carter is out for the day. Kenny Schrader and Eddie Beerswall are the drivers that are out of the Daytona 500. The Absorbing Junior in-car radio in Rusty Wallace's Allugard Pontiac. Rusty, are things going uh, pretty much as you had expected they would? Well, so far everything's on track. Eli, everything's looking real good. Please laugh. We're in the top ten. The car's running fine. We want to win this thing. I'm doing everything I can. The Pontiac looks as though it's working fairly well uh, in traffic. Everything's doing real good so far. I got trapped just a little while ago on the top side of the racetrack and got drafted by, but... I learned a lesson just then. That won't happen again. Okay, Rusty, thanks a lot. We'll check with you again a bit later on. The Absorbing Junior in-car radio sponsored by the folks who have the rub it in solution for sore muscles, Absorbing Junior. Morgan Shepard just come in. They just brought his car back in. Morgan, after a bad crash yesterday and some sore arms and sore sides and stuff, this is kind of a disappointment. Yeah, we was black flagged, you know, uh, for uh, jumping the gun there. When we come in, they stopped me. And uh, I tried to take off and uh, tore the rear end out. They're going to try to change it and put you back in? Yeah, they're going to try to fix it. We're going to get back out. All right, good luck to you. Well, that's a hard way to get toward the end of the pack here. Morgan at least two laps down and is going to lose a couple more, apparently, before they get him back in there, but hopefully they can. 111 laps are on the board. 200 make up the Daytona 500. Been hard to pick a car that's the class of the field today. Jeff Bodine has been strong. Earnhardt has been strong. Some of the youngsters, Sterling Marlin has had his turn at the head of the pack. Cale Yarborough has been up there running real well. At present, Tommy Ellis is the leader as Dale Earnhardt is right behind him. Harold Kinder waves the green. A.J. Point, who is a lap 
down and so alongside the leader and Point's going to put himself back on the lead lap. Well, not for long as Tommy Ellis overpowers him on the outside because he's got the drafting partner in Dale Earnhardt. Not a good start for Jeff Bodine. He lost three or four car lengths to the leaders, but he's quickly reeling them in as Lake Speed and Sterling Marlin also wake to the, make their way to the front. Cars trying to work up to the front. Tommy Ellis feeling good about being up front right now with Dale Earnhardt right on his, I mean glued to his bumper now. Jeff Bodine goes third and snuggles up close. Point will have to try to catch him later. The Freelander Chevrolet of Tommy Ellis holds a top spot now going into three as Dale Earnhardt goes to the bottom of the racetrack and takes the lead once again coming into turn four. Did that show you something right there? Dale Earnhardt strong and handling on the low side of the racetrack. Neil Bonnet is 16 laps down. Rick Wilson is still one lap down. We told you he was back on the lead lap. We were incorrect. He is still one lap in arrears as it's Earnhardt now leading the parade to one. Jeff Bodine got underneath Tommy Ellis in the trial. Well, he's got the number two spot. Ellis is third. Back fourth in the running order. Sterling Marlin followed by Terry Labonte. Also now moving to the front of the pack again. Bobby Hillen Jr. with Lake Speed and Benny Parsons. Earnhardt leading the way down the backstretch with Jeff Bodine behind him. They're beginning to pull away now from Ellis. Ellis losing a little bit of ground on him, and there's going to be a lot of shuffling going on for the rest of the field to catch him. After getting shuffled back in the pack a little bit, A.J. Foyt now trying to work his way back up towards the front to try to get back on the lead lap. Meanwhile, Terry Lamonte goes down to the low side, and here comes Darrell Walter trying to pick up some ground on him. Waltrip slides back in. He dropped to the bottom of the racetrack, and his car is one of those that's working very well in the turns here this afternoon. As the front two try to shuffle away, Earnhardt takes them back to turn number one, and the daylight begins to build between second and third place. It certainly does. It's built up to almost 1.4 seconds now as Jeff Bodine continues to stalk the Wrangler Chevrolet out of turn number two. They over up at a gap of 10 car lengths back to Sterling Marlin and Terry Labonte. The only thing that's going to help is for Marlin, Labonte, and the rest of the field to get a good draft going and link up and come charging down here. Meanwhile, behind him, they take the field three wide again as they try to move up. Bobby Hillen Jr. picks off three spots. Dale Earnhardt and Jeff Bodine had some practice at this yesterday in the Bush Grand National Race. They ran together one, two, several times around the speedway. Right now, the same way. Come off turn four. Further back, Joe Rutman, who had picked back up uh, the lap. He was in arrears, works his way around the high side of the racetrack as they try and chase down the leaders back to the stripe. Meanwhile, the front two cars still scraping off towards turn number one as A.J. Foyt heads down pit road. Looks as though the day is over for Supertex, Barney. He just can't seem to have a car that stays underneath him all day. He runs extremely well early in the race here and in Atlanta and Charlotte and some of the places he comes to. But... In all fairness to A.J., they only make a limited amount of races a year, and it's as he told it, it would be like our guys going up to Indy and trying to put together an Indy car a couple of times a year and run up there. But he is one of the world's best drivers. He plans to run a lot of NASCAR races this year, and I think they're going to hire some more people and try to put a lot. Trouble in turn three. Four. Over in three, just coming in. Looks like Neil Bonnet got sideways, trying to sandwich between two cars. Now Joe Rutman gets tangled also. It is a late speed spinning wildly down to the inside. Neil Bonnet gets by. There goes Cale Yarborough slipping around. Kyle Petty gets out of the action. And uh, Elliott barely makes it through. He is sitting on the grass on the apron of the track. We've got Yarborough into the passenger side of the uh, Quaker State machine of Joe Rutman here on the straightaway in front of us. Kyle Petty's car is still sitting down on the grass apron, just off turn four. And Bonnet's car is also on the apron coming off the fourth turn. There are at least six cars that have slammed together, possibly seven up in turn four, resting on the grass. Cale Yarborough is limping away. We see his car fired. Let's go back to Joe Moore. Well, it seems like what happened over here is Neil Bonnet was trying to make his way between some of the traffic. He was sandwiching right in between coming through turn four. As he got in there, the car lost uh, just the right, you know, the rear end came back around and uh, set off the whole chain of uh, spinning action here, which included Harry Gant's car, the Joe Rutman machine, 
machine, the Kyle Petty car, and the Neil Bonnet car. Bonnet's car pretty well smashed up. He is now driving it on the inside apron of the track back over to the pit area. The cars that are sitting here that have not moved yet include Rudman, Harry Gantz machine, and Kyle Petty. Rusty Wallace has the Absorbing Junior in-car radio, and Rusty, we were just taking a look. You worked around that thing almost without any blemishes. What happened up there? Well, me and I started coming out of pit row, and me and Dick Trickle got together. I was coming out, and Dick was trying to come in, and we both collided. Uh, you can see the car better than I can. I don't know what it hurt on it, but I think the crew's got it fixed. How about that mess up in turns three and four? You seem to get through it nicely. It just rim rode around the accident. Well, no, I was talking about my pit row accident, but no, I didn't, I didn't see what happened in an accident. I was doggone lucky to get through there. I know that. I mean, I a quarter of an inch on each side of me to spare. I'm just, I'm just lucky. Something's real lucky here today. Well, sometimes it's good to be good and good to be lucky. Rusty, we'll check with you again a bit later on. Thank you. Green flag is displayed. We're back at racing speed of the Daytona 500. The leader is Jeff Bodine. Right behind him is Earnhardt as they work back down into the corner. And Bobby Hillen Jr., that's the top three. Bobby Hillen Jr. now takes over that second spot. They've got Kyle Petty, a slower car, separating him from the leaders. Here's Dale Earnhardt. He shoots right down to the bottom of the racetrack. He overpowers Hillen, takes over that second spot. Now he goes after Bodine. Earnhardt on the charge now. He wants to get back on top. He had to go from the back of the pack earlier and catch all the way up through. Now he comes around the inside of Kyle Petty's car, and he's going to go after Jeff Bodine in turn three. Benny Parsons on the move back in the field. He was running fifth just a few moments ago. He drops to the low side of the track, and he is dueling with some action over in turn number four. Meanwhile, up front, it's Bodine and Earnhardt breaking away. Kale Yarborough's car comes back out from behind the wall. They'll try and get the Hardy's Thunderbird back in line. Now we've got some new faces to contend with behind Bodine and Earnhardt. Bobby Hillen Jr. is there. Likewise, the Sterling Marlin car and Benny Parsons also among the top five as they go back to one. Sterling Marlin is separated by Kyle Petty in his battle for the third spot. Bobby Hillen just up ahead. Lake Speed is also there. Benny Parsons also now trying to move back into contention is Terry Labonte. He's a couple of car lengths off the back bumper of Benny Parsons. They'll have a ways to go to catch your leader, Jeff Bodine, trying to run away from Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt is not going to let him go. We've got trouble off the turn. A car spinning and sliding through the infield grass. That's Grant Adcox. Adcock spinning on the grass. He does a 360. The car loops around again and now comes to a stop midway down the back straightaway. Grant Adcox will bring out the caution as the leaders will race back to the start-finish line. Bodine is up front. Earnhardt might try to make a move on him. Nope, he's going to stay right where he is. A scramble back in the field as they all tuck in across the start-finish line when they see the yellow flag. Let's go back to turn two. Right now, Grant Adcox is pulling his car back onto the racetrack. The car looped two times along the grass. He did a nice job from keeping that out of hitting that big dirt wall that's on the inside of the back straightaway off the grass portion of the racetrack. He's back under his own power, back on the racetrack. As the leaders have slowed down, they're getting ready to head back to pit road. Adcox had a good day last Sunday, winning the ARCA 200 here at Daytona. It is not his day today, as he has brought out the seventh caution flag of the afternoon on lap 126. We had mentioned they had brought Cale Yarborough's car back from behind the wall. They have equally as quickly pushed it back behind the wall again. So we are under caution for the eighth time this afternoon. It comes out on lap 126. They're continuing to work on the Tommy Ellis car. Jerry Punch was down there dick brooks as well is there an update on that car fellas uh tommy ellis's car still on pit road he was involved in that six car melee up in turn four they have bent the right rear sway bar the sway bar area over in the right rear of the car as well as the track arm which keeps the rear end and it was tracking straight ahead on the right side they've also bent the front end considerably they have the car jacked up buddy parrot and the crew chief underneath the car with a sledgehammer trying to do what he can for the car but a tough break for tommy ellis bill elliott's car is on pit road along with about a half a dozen others under this caution let's go to the pits and jerry punch 
there working on the Coors Ford up here, Barney, for a few minutes. So we're going to change right side tires. And again, pretty heavy damage on the Coors car as, as the crew, uh, the Elliott brothers, trying to get the car sorted out. We'll see. We'll get a comment from Dan or Ernie in just a moment and see how bad the car really is. Field being given the indication they'll go back to green next time by for the other pit stops. Let's go to Dick Brooks. I'm standing in a garage just uh, talking to security people about uh, some of the things that they, that, so some of the problems they've had over here. The drivers are having trouble moving around a little bit and stuff, so we're just getting things straightened out. At Daytona, we're set to go back racing here. Looks like this time around as the field is forming up double file restart up in turn number four. Here comes the Pontiac Trans Am headed for pit road now, accelerating up in the uh, middle groove of turn number four. On back behind him, though, is our field of cars, which has dwindled from a starting field of 40. Jeff Bodine is a man up front with Dale Earnhardt right behind him. Slower cars on the inside line as they get ready for the green flag to fall again. Could be a Cinderella finish here if Sterling Marlin should pull this one off or young Bobby Hillen Jr. or any of the drivers up in that front of the pack. Right now, it's been Jeff Bodine for the last hour here at Daytona. He has had the class of the field, but a moment ago, we saw Dale Earnhardt make a move up in turn four just to go to the front of the class, went right down to the bottom of the racetrack. Harold Kinder waves the green, and we're back to full speed. Earnhardt gets caught behind a little bit on that restart, may lose a little ground as they head for turn one. Jeff Bodine rockets out of there two car lengths ahead of Dale Earnhardt as they climb in turn one. The top seven cars in the running order now have never won the Daytona 500. Sterling Marlin looks real strong. He's running third in tow, Bobby Hillen Jr. Marlin sweeps around a slower car and starts chasing down your third, second place car of Earnhardt. Earnhardt trying to catch up to Bodine again. He's about a car length off Bodine's back bumper. Marlin about three car lengths back from Earnhardt. Bobby Hillen Jr. breaking away. He's getting out away from some of the slower traffic trying to find a partner to hook up and catch the top runners with. They're in the center part of the fourth turn now with Bodine up front. Four Chevrolets and a Pontiac in the top five positions. Benny Parsons checks in with an Oldsmobile as they head back to the stripe chasing Bodine. Then Earnhardt Sterling Marlin, Bobby Hillen, Ron Bouchard has his hands full with race traffic, trying to get back on the lead lap, and Ronnie gets shuffled back in traffic. Daring move by Rusty Walsh, way to the bottom of the racetrack. He dived underneath Ron Bouchard in late speed. He is the brand-new number five car, as smoke now off the back tires of the third-place car, Sterling Marlin. They're pushing hard to get up through the field, and that's one reason why you'll see some smoke from cars like Sterling Marlin's car. Earnhardt has caught Bodine now. He's about a quarter of a car length behind him, and more movement behind the pack. Here comes Richmond. That two-car breakaway great quite a draft and they're moving away from the field once again Earnhardt peaks down to the low side of the track decides not to do it right now he's on the rear deck of Bodine fifth sixth and seventh is where the scramble is as they work off the banking up in the corner head back down to the start finish line Tim Richmond is right in the thick of that he should be the fifth place car Ron Bouchard is alongside Benny Parsons and that's a battle for the seventh spot as they work back to turn one Bouchard with a half a car length advantage as they go up to the high side now in turn four they're working on Tim Richmond now Bouchard takes that Valvoline Pontiac down to the low side as he looks down inside the full two Chevrolet as they move on to the backstretch. On to the backstretch they come, watching the leaders pull away from him as the battle behind them for position comes up. Bodine and Earnhardt begin to race away from Sterling Marlin and Bobby Hillen. Ron Bouchard is trying to track down Tim Richmond now as they enter turn number three. Climbing the 31-degree banking now. Richmond goes to the high side of the track. Here comes Bouchard digging at the bottom. He's taking a drafting partner with him in four. So back to the stripe. The lead car still, Jeff Bodine. He and Earnhardt pulling away by five car lanes from Marlin. He, in turn, has eight to ten car lanes on Bobby Hillen Jr. We are 133 laps into the event. 
Daytona International Speedway, the front two again. Breakaway, they link up in that draft as they have a couple of times this afternoon and just put daylight between the field and themselves. The leader, Jeff Bodine. Right behind him is Dale Earnhardt. The third place car is Sterling Marlin. They've shaken him out of the draft. He's about 150 feet behind. A little further back to Bobby Hill in the fourth place car. Benny Parsons has moved up to fifth, but from fifth position back where Terry Labonte rides in sixth, it is a hornet's nest. Sir, is a mad scramble back there, a lap car of Lake Speed, but then you have Tim Richmond and Ron Bouchard continuing to run strong in that Valvoline Pontiac, also struggling to get back up to the front of the pack, Bill Parsons, along with Rick Wilson, Ricky Rod, and Kyle Petty. A number of those drivers have not been up near the front of the pack very much today. They'd like to see that happen before the afternoon's over. Ron Bouchard is one, and certainly so is Tim Richmond and uh, Phil Parsons. Ron Bouchard and Benny Parsons have been really battling it out here last couple of laps. They still nice it up coming through turn number four as Parsons comes off the corner. He's ahead of Bouchard and Terry Labonte now. While the lead change here in the Daytona 500 is Dale Earnhardt makes the move beneath Jeff Bodine to assume the lead in the event. But while they were battling side by side, Mark, it's allowed Sterling Marlin to close in a bit. He's closed in just a little bit, but the lead two cars have linked back up in a tight draft. Sterling may be on the band floor with him, but he can't hear the band quite yet. They're out of turn two. He might be close enough to catch the tail end of it. The last time by Earnhardt broke way to the inside and broke the draft of Bodine and was able to catch up. Now Jeff follows him as he snakes his way down the backstretch and he'll stay with Earnhardt. Once again, Earnhardt shows he can handle that bottom of the racetrack as he makes his move around Bodine, slipping through the corner of three and four up on the 31-degree banking. It's Earnhardt and Bodine and the Sterling Marlin car. He's been on a roll all week long. What about it, Dale? This is one of the best years we've had at uh, Daytona. You know, I come down here feeling good and uh, confident. We had good tests all winter, and the cars uh, look real good. Got some good engine, good horsepower, you know, on the dyno. And, uh, you know, everybody was pumped up, felt real good about it and uh, confident and right when the bush clash and run you know qualified six and we won a qualifying race on thursday i reckon we we're on the road but uh we, we felt good when we came here and, and we're confident that uh, we can be competitive tomorrow on sunday and uh you know we just we're looking forward to the race well he's looking forward was an understatement eli he was just ecstatic about getting in here he really thinks he can sweep everything this week and it looks like he's in a good position to do it the car working so very well i think once he got out there and tested and ran the bush clash although not with this particular car but he saw how well the team was working and it's tough to say it's tough to compare one team to the next morning but when you talk about a cohesive unit and a group of guys who seem to truly enjoy working together you can't find a, a, another group any more enjoyable to watch work than dale earnhardt and richard Childress and all of that crew Let's take the fans back through the field a bit. Of course, the leader right now is Earnhardt. Bodine drops back to second. Sterling Marlin third. Bobby Hill in fourth. Benny Parsons is right up in the thick of things. He currently is posted in fifth position. The sixth would be Terry Labonte. Seventh is Phil Parsons. The eighth spot now belongs to Tim Richmond, and ninth is Darrell Waltrip. Those cars are on the lead lap. One lap down, back is Lake Speed. The other cars that will be a lap off here this afternoon are Ricky Rudd, Rick Wilson, and, of course, the man who dominated this race last year, Bill Elliott, is still a lap behind. Bobby Hillen Jr. continuing to run well. He's being posted in the fourth spot as he works through traffic here at the Trioval area. He, of course, technically, maybe just corporately, a teammate of Bobby Allison, both driving for the Stavola Motors. And I asked Bobby Hillen what the arrangement was between himself and Bobby Allison. Well, basically, that's the idea is to have two separate teams, except for the fact that Bobby has agreed to help us in any way possibly that he can as far as, you know, uh, helping us avoid some of the pitfalls that he's come through during his career and, and he's helped us a lot he's helped me a lot you know he's been super and i've watched him test and learned a lot and uh i really think it'll be a, a uh, you know a good thing for me and for him and for everybody in 
involved. Those are the thoughts of Bobby Hillen Jr. It should be an interesting team to watch this year, Barney. Let me insert a car in there that is one lap off the pace, but should be running about 11th position, and that will be that of Rusty Wallace here this afternoon. Rusty is now a lap now, but is still posted about 11th spot. As the field works towards turns number three and four, Joe Moore, both Dale Earnhardt and Jeff Bodine, more often than not taking that same line through the corner, but Dale seems to be able to get the job done when he has to. They stay there every time and get the job done. Bodine is with Earnhardt just as strong as, uh, as Earnhardt seems to be. Bodine is not letting him get too far away. Mark, how about it? You're into the speedway in one and two. Do either of those drivers seem to have an edge there? It might be that Jeff Bodine has a slight edge going down into turn number one. He's able to get down just about a couple of feet lower on the racetrack. Now as they're in turn number two, Earnhardt's car goes up the racetrack just a bit more than Jeff's, and maybe at the end of the race that will prove to be an important factor. Phil Parsons' car is still sitting on pit road. Let's go to Jerry Punch. Marty, the Skull Oldsmobile came in missing awfully badly, and they talked to Richard Jackson. They're still working beneath the hood of the car. I think it may be an ignition problem, but they're working back also in the area of the car and the distributor, so they're not really sure what the problem is. The car missing worse and worse. They're still on pit road under the hood. Jeff Bodine and Dale Earnhardt are swapping that lead back and forth, back and forth. One will be strong at one end of the racetrack, make a move in the middle of the backstretch, and then they'll reverse those positions. But it, as they work back into turn number one and head to Mark Garrow, they continue to ride nose to tail for this lap around. Well, Jeff Bodine set up that pass in the back straightaway a lap ago by getting down inside of Dale Earnhardt in turns one and two. Again, Earnhardt goes way up the racetrack. Bodine is able to pull away by two seconds. There's some four seconds ahead of the third place car of Sterling Marlin. Right now, Bodine is leading the way. Earnhardt doesn't seem to be able to get any closer than he has been. He sits about a car length off the back bumper of Jeff Bodine's automobile. We've talked so much today about Earnhardt being able to handle at the bottom of the racetrack. He may be losing some of that handle as each time they come through three and four, he washes way up to the outside wall as Bodine holds it in the middle. Back off the corner, Jeff Bodine trying to hold off the challenge of Dale Earnhardt. Those two cars have pulled away consider considerably now from the third place battle. We've got the clock on third place runner Terry Labonte to the stripe, and he shows to be, well, better than three and a half, four seconds now uh, in arrears to the race leaders. Meanwhile, Jim Sauter is the most recent retiree, and Dick Brooks has an update from the garage area. They just brought the car in. They're, they're, everybody's looking under it. First indications was that it was uh, a clutch or maybe some oil getting up on a clutch. Then they said maybe there's a clutch out. I'll have him in just a second. Well, we'll get an update on the Jim Sauter story in just a moment. We are some 54 laps from the conclusion of this Daytona 500. Jeff Bodine and Dale Earnhardt continuing to swap the lead back and forth. And Barney, now it seems so Bodine is holding a bit better on the low side of the racetrack than he was earlier. The car seems to be handling better the longer they run on these tires. Well, they put a lot of laps on the car, and it's going to change the characteristics on both. The car that is suddenly coming up through the pack is that of Terry Labonte. He just zoomed around Sterling Marlin a moment ago. Benny Parsons came along in his draft also. They're trying to link up and chase down the leaders, but Labonte is closing the gap on the front two. They're back in turn one. And he's doing it without the benefit of a draft because he walked on by Benny Parsons. Parsons can't hold on to his draft, and little by little, he's reeling in the leaders all by himself. Terry Labonte about a half the length of the straightaway behind your leaders right now, but Ein has four car lengths on Earnhardt. Where Earnhardt may have used up the handling ability of his car earlier in the race, looks like Labonte has been saving his as he breaks away from Parsons and is closing in on the leaders coming through turn three and four. Let's get an update from the garage area. Stand there with Jim Sauter. Sauter, uh, can you tell us what happened to it? It seemed like the car was running good most of the day. Well, Dick, uh, that little confrontation with uh, the number nine car in and out of the pits there, I think it goofed up the air, the frontal area, enough that it started making the clutch slip. And uh, it's too bad because I think we had the old uh, 
Evan and Pontiac running pretty good, even though we were a lap down because of my mistake. Uh, we ran out of gas earlier, and I tried coming in at the last minute and stopping, and I just couldn't stop. So that was my fault. But I, I believe uh, the folks should be happy. The car was working pretty good. Unfortunately, we got a slip and clutch right now. Yeah, well, the car looked good. It looks like it's got a big Band-Aid on the front of it, but uh, <laughs> that is fine. Okay, thank you. Barney, I'm behind the wall with Phil Parsons still sitting in the Skull Oldsmobile. And, Phil, can you tell us what really is the problem with the car? Jerry, I think it's the distributor. Just cut off on you out there? Yeah, I was coming off the turn four there. Tim and Richmond and I were trying to run down Benny and Terry, and things just shut off. Well, they're still working on the car. Richard Jackson and them are behind the wall, but they're losing a lot of time here. Well, we always have a very high attrition rate at Daytona for the 500. Such a prestigious race. They tweak the cars probably right to their ultimate and then go another 10% in hopes of kind of doing what it takes to win the Daytona 500. The drivers that are out will take you up through there. Jim Sauter, you heard from a moment ago. Buddy Baker, Phil Parsons is behind the wall, hopefully trying to get back in. Joe Rutman. Cale Yarborough has called it a day. Eddie Beerswall, Kenny Schrader, Poncho Carter, Richard Petty is out for the day. So is Mark Martin, Dave Marcus, along with Larry Pearson, Kirk Bryant, and Bobby Allison. So some 17 drivers having retired from the event. We have already undergone eight caution flags today. The most recent on lap number 126 when Grant Adcock spun off turn number two. The lead continues to grow for the front two cars. Jeff Bodine and Dale Earnhardt, Barney, they're really stretching it out now on that draft behind them. Nearly five full seconds on Lebron and uh, those with him. They're in turn two. 45.84 seconds. The leaders are touring this two-and-a-half-mile super speedway. Meanwhile, Terry Labonte has linked up with Benny Parsons in hopes of chasing down the leaders. They're on the back stretch. After trying to run them down by himself, it doesn't look like they've had much luck. They're still sitting about a half a straightaway behind your lead cars. Earnhardt has had problems last couple of times through. His car has been very loose as he tries to hold it down on the low side of the track. So back off the corner, that Terry Labonte, Benny Parsons draft, as we say now, full five seconds down to Jeff Bodine and Dale Earnhardt. Behind Benny Parsons and Terry Labonte, the Sterling Marlin car still running by its lonesome, staying some three to four car lanes up on Bobby Hillen Jr., Tim Richmond, and Rusty Wallace. Those cars, if they can tighten it up together, and right now, Mark, they've only got a couple of car lanes between them. They could try and set sail and catch the rest. Well, they certainly could. Of course, the draft is so very important here in Daytona. Those cars working very Basically the same line in turns one and two. And it's important to remember that when you're drafting, you have to lay in the, behind the driver, get in the same tire tracks and line up exactly behind them to make it work. And that's what they're doing right now. Right now, Benny Parsons and uh, Labonte are up in the banking, and they haven't been able to gain any ground yet. It looks like Labonte may want to keep on going by himself. That drafting deal didn't seem to work for him. Parsons about two car lengths back in turn four. There will be at least one more pit stop for sure here this afternoon for the front runners at Daytona as 100 and 62 laps, 52 laps are on the board this afternoon. Still a long ways to go in this race. Despite the fact that two cars seem to have broken away from everyone else and appear to be the dominant machines here this afternoon, seven-time winner of the Daytona 500, Richard Petty. He's out of it this afternoon. He won't win his eighth one today. But Petty had some thoughts about what it takes to win this race. And he says the fastest car does not always win. Circumstances a lot of times will put you in victory lane. I think circumstances won it more times than, than it's not for me. And I, I've been down here a lot of times and had to quit his car and uh, you know sit, sit and watch somebody else win the race so uh, you know it, it's never won till it's all over with here because i won you know the 79 race and was 20 seconds behind the first thing you know a couple of them crashed and we win the race so it's never over till it's over with here and it, probably more so here than anywhere else is the situation everybody just does everything they can to try to win the race and sometimes they overdo it 
The interval between first and second position and third and fourth continues to stay just about the same. A moment ago, it looked like Terry Labonte and Benny Parsons might be able to reel in the front two. They are almost four seconds behind and have not made that much progress. Some pit stops will be coming up, and one is right now in front of Dick Brooks. Well, he just comes in just uh, sliding his wheels like he's supposed to do. Uh, the, but the motor's dead. <laughs> it's not running at this point. They're trying to get some gas and get the thing going. They're trying now to start it. They're taking uh, right side tires. They're changing them. Uh, they're going to have to push it off, it looks like, to get the thing started. It won't, the starter won't start it. I'm just sitting here rambling, but they're not running. <laughs> That's the reason I'm telling you that. They're pushing as best they can. That is Ron Bouchard. He had currently been in the ninth position, and that long pit stop is going to put Ron a lap down, and that's going to make it hard to win the Daytona 500. Let's go to Jerry Punch. Well, they're waiting for pit stops to fire in the pit road. Here comes the car number eight of Bobby Hillen. He misses his pits and goes on by as Ron Purrier throws the car number eight sign back across the wall. We're waiting here down the Levi Garrett Wrangler pits. They should be pitting in a lap or two. Boy, that is going to hurt for young Bobby Hillen. He's been up in the thick of things, had an outstanding run all day long, led the race a couple of times this afternoon, been right at the front of the pack and now he's fallen back, missed his pit and that's going to cost him a lot of ground on the racetrack. Here come the two front runners Jeff Bodine and Dale Earnhardt it is no doubt this afternoon they have had the two best handling cars and two of the quickest cars in the field and that's been the topic of conversation all week long is handling at Daytona that is suddenly an even more important factor than it's ever been if you can keep your car at the bottom of the racetrack just about every driver told us if you can do that you can run wide open around this place you can win this race and those two apparently have as they move just past Mark Garrow and head for turn three down the back straight they come now swinging by the slower car of Grant Adcox, and it looks like Terry Labonte and Benny Parsons might be picking up maybe a half a second on these two cars ahead of them, but they're not gaining any more than that. Terry Labonte and uh, Benny Parsons have their own little private battle going on back there. Last few times through, Parsons has looked at the bottom of the racetrack as Bodine still is the leader. Well, that was until he decides to go down pit road, so Dale Earnhardt reassumes the lead in the Daytona 500. Kyle Petty is away from the Wood Brothers pits for service, and Jerry Punch in front of you, Jeff Bodine for a stop. Levi Garrett Chevrolet comes in. Gary Nelson the crew going to work. Changing right side tires. The Chevy comes to a halt. The Monte Carlo going on the jack from the right side of the car. They have the right front tire, right rear tire now off the car. Adding first can of fuel. Now second can of fuel going in. Timex watch is going. They have cleaning the windshield. Both tires are on. Crew running back across. They have a second can in. Down and away. 15 and 2 tenths seconds. And here is Bobby Hillen coming back in for a second time to make his pit stop. And I was about to ask Dick Brooks, would it would it be a piece of strategy, Dick, or would it just be the luck of the draw, so to speak, that the two leaders did not come in together because linked up out on the racetrack, you would think they would pit together, go back out together because their tight draft has allowed them to pull away. Maybe the only reason for that is that Earnhardt's team thinks that they've got him beat without it. I don't know any other reason why he wouldn't have came in at least the next lap, and he ran two laps later. He just now came down pit row. So I don't know. Uh, check with the strategy. He's Wrangler Chevrolet in the pits, changing right side tires. Dale Earnhardt slides the car to a halt. Now the car has shut off here in the pits. Richard Childers has a can of spray in the, in the carburetor. They have the car refired. Right side tires are on it. They're putting a second can of fuel in it. He's down off the jacks. 19 and 6 tenths seconds will cost him a little time when the car cut off. Benny Parsons is pulling away right in front of Dale Earnhardt, so those two possibly can link up in a draft, or if one can hang on to the other at least as they head back to turn number one. 
They move down by the leader. Jeff Bodine flashes by them as those two cars come back up to speed. Dale Earnhardt just a couple of lengths ahead of Benny Parsons. Those two will indeed be able to link up and try to chase down Jeff Bodine. Bodine coming down the backstretch. You can look back and see them about a half a straightaway behind him. Jeffrey all by himself and nobody to draft with anywhere in sight for at least a half a mile. Looking into turn number three now as they climb the 31 degree banking. Jeff Bodine all alone there as he tries to track down some of the slower traffic. Coming around the corner now will be Dale Earnhardt. He steps the line in turn four. On lap 161, the fourth place runner, Tim Richmond, is on pit road. Dick Brooks, it's going to be a whole lot tougher slowing down after running 200 miles an hour than a lot of folks in the grandstands might think. Uh, the tires smoking, a lot of guys have overshot their pits today. I don't think we give uh, drivers enough credit for getting on pit road. Well, you haven't had, we haven't had any green flag stops to, as to say today. They've had a long run. It's late in the race. You know, we've run almost 400 miles. It was late in the race. And uh, and these guys are just like you're driving on an interstate for, for 100 miles, 150 miles at 70 miles an hour to try to get off. But they, uh, uh, as they, you know, as they, as they come in, you just got to be aware of what they're doing. And Tim Richmond tried to get going. They got his tires changed, and he took off, and, uh, and then he stopped like there's something wrong. I'm headed down that way. They're pushing his car behind the pit wall, and that's going to be a heartbreaker for young Richmond. He got into the car this afternoon, nursing some bruised ribs after a crash here on Thursday and had been a contender right up in the thick of things. They suddenly pushed the car behind the wall, and Dick Brooks will catch up with him in a moment and find out what the problem is. Dick has an update from the garage. Well, we're headed that way. I haven't got down there yet. They're uh, they're running with the car like they're going to take it back into the garage. So I don't know for sure if they're going to try to fix it or what the problem is. Richmond has had a good, strong run here today, very much in the thick of things. He hopes this will be his best season. 163 laps go up on the board, and it looks like that they are going to have to maybe make another pit stop because they're going to stretch it a bit, Jerry Punch, if they try to go the distance. Well, some of the crews talking about that, Barney, they think they can go 40 laps, 100 miles. They may even may try to stretch up to 41 laps. In fact, Bodine would have to go 41 laps. Earnhardt could go about 39. So uh, if everybody else gambles, they'll have to gamble too. We'll keep our eye on that factor. Of course, if another caution flag should come out here, we'll see everyone flying back onto pit road for a four-tire change and a tank of fuel to get back out there. 163 on the board at Daytona, and the field is going to be jumbled up a bit as Dick Trickle brings his car back onto pit road. The Midwestern runner, who's won probably more short track races than anybody in the country, is having a good run at Daytona today. He really is. He's had a good run uh, last year when he was down here. He and Red Farmer always have a friendly argument going as to who has won more short track races. Red, of course, a senior member of the Alabama gang, and Dick Trickle from Wisconsin Rapids, Wisconsin. At this moment, with all of the green flag pit stops not having been completed and some of the drivers being off sync, so to speak, with the schedule of pit stops, Terry Labonte is the lead automobile with Daryl Waltrip behind him. Labonte is currently involved in a draft coming off turn number four, and that draft quickly evaporates as Buddy Baker and Sterling Marlin will go by him, and Labonte will come down pit road. So he'll pit just a bit uh, later than the others will here on lap 164, an update from Pit Road. They busted the uh, front yoke on Tim Richmond's car. Well, a lot of times with these higher gears, uh, they run a little bit higher gears here than they do on a short track, and the guy, the driver, will get a little bit over anxious, and he'll drop the clutch on it, or let the clutch out too quick, 
And with a real high gear, the rear wheels don't break loose fast enough and start spinning, and it puts too much pressure on the yoke and breaks them. Pit stop on the Piedmont Airlines Oldsmobile for Terry Labonte. They change right side tires. Labonte has the car dropped off the Jackie's down pit road. Moving down pit road here is Richard Rudd in the motorcraft forward. While I'm standing in the Zero Walter Pitts, the Budweiser crew set to work on Walter when he comes in next time by. Now, as the pit stops continue, Darrell Waltrip leads at the moment, though he has yet to make his uh, most recent pit stop. Labonte has pitted. Benny Parsons does now. Jeff Bodine is 3.40 seconds separated from Dale Earnhardt as those two cars are on the racetrack. So at this juncture, when pit stops finally conclude and they get back to the rotation where they were running, it will be Dale Earnhardt with a 3.40 deficit to Jeff Bodine. Now, here comes Darrell Waltrip. He'll make his scheduled pit stop again to Jerry Punch in the Budweiser pit. Walter brings the Budweiser Monte Carlo to a halt. They go to work on the right side. Mike Hill has the right rear tire off the jack beneath the car as they change the right side tires. Add one can of fuel as they're Henry Benfield puts the second can now in the fueling slot in the left rear. They're cleaning the windshield on the car. They have the tires changed. Mike Jeff Hammond drops the car off the jack and they move down pit road. 14 and 18. Waltrip stayed out there because he needed that bonus points for the Winston Cup title. And even though it is the first race of the season, you can bet your bottom dollar they're thinking about those Winston Cup points with a payoff that's at the end of the year in 1986. Elliot. We'll be back at Daytona. Go ahead. Elliot come down pit row also, and his motor was dead, so, so he's run out of fuel also. These guys are stretching it a long way. After that round of pit stops, the field jumbled up somewhat. 166 laps are on the board. Jeff Bodine is the leader. He has a comfortable lead right now, ahead of Dale Earnhardt by about four seconds. Earnhardt is the second-place car. Terry Labonte is third, and he is almost a mile behind the front two. Back in fourth position, still a good run for Sterling Marlin. Darrell Waltrip currently is posted in the fifth position. And then it is Benny Parsons with a good, strong run going here this afternoon. So the field now pretty well strung out all around the Daytona Speedway after that green flag pit stops just a moment ago. Joining us here in the Motor Racing Network booth is Mr. Bruce Wilson, Marketing Communications Director of the Film Division of the Eastman Kodak, the official film of NASCAR this year. Welcome to Daytona. First impression of watching something like this. Well, it's very exciting, uh, and we're delighted to be a part of it. Well, you folks are the official film of NASCAR this year, and I guess there's probably no sport in the world where they shoot more pictures than they do here at Daytona. Uh, that, that appears to be the way I see it today. Uh, a lot of 35 millimeter cameras out here. We just introduced two new uh, 35 films and uh, we're delighted to have those running through those cameras. Well, you've got a car out there that you're sponsoring this year in the form of that young rookie driver from last season, Eddie Beerswall. He's had some tough breaks here today, but I think you have high hopes for him for 1986. Absolutely. Uh, he wasn't really running his car today and uh, the next race, uh, we hope to have our car ready and, uh, and really hot. Bruce, we'll look for you for a lot of future races because I'm sure you're, you're going to become a race fan in a hurry. I, I am already. Thank you very much. Bruce Wilson of the Kodak Corporation, the official film of NASCAR for 1986. And the Eastman Kodak Company from Rochester, New York, where WNYR radio is on hand for motor racing network coverage today. Jeff Bodine back across the stripe. Dale Earnhardt some 2.23 seconds behind him. Tim Richmond's car having been repaired. They steam back down pit road in the Folgers coffee machine, so he'll rejoin activities. But right now, Dave Sutherland, as the cars come down, 
down the back straightaway. It looks as though power-wise, Bodine and Earnhardt pretty much up to snuff one with the other. There's, they've been very equal all afternoon long, Eli, and Jeffrey right now has no one to help draft him. He long since lost uh, Benny Parsons, and it's still about a three-second margin back to the number three car for Dale Earnhardt. Barney, let's welcome some other folks on hand with MRN today for the very first time. WGAR Radio in Cleveland, Ohio. WIXC in Pittsburgh. WNAX in Yankton, South Dakota. WDXB in Chattanooga, Tennessee. In the Joliet, Chicago market. WLLI Radio. WGSA in Ephrata, Pennsylvania. WIOO, Carlisle, Pennsylvania. St. Albans, Vermont. Hello to WLFE Radio in Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. WVPO. A number of other stations will be welcoming as our broadcast continues. Well, it won't be long before they'll be coming down to the final laps of the Daytona 500. Who's going to win it here this afternoon? Bill Elliott was the favorite, certainly one of the favorites, coming into the event here this afternoon. Many thought he'd been holding back all week long, and he might just have. But he got involved in a crash up in turn four earlier today, did quite a bit of wrinkles in the car before it was all over, and now he is back in the field running at about 15th position a couple of laps behind the leaders. So it looks like he may have more than his share of work cut out for him to win it. Jeff Bodine crosses the start-finish line, and as they do, Dale Earnhardt has picked up a little bit of a draft and is reeling him in in turn one. What once was a four-second lead has been chopped down to 1.69 seconds on our Timex stopwatches. Dale Earnhardt is on the move, heading for the front of the pack. They're out to turn two. Earnhardt had a number of slower cars to work with while Bodine was out all by himself, and Earnhardt is now being able to reel him in. He's probably 15 car lengths behind Bodine and closing quickly in turn three. Still, it doesn't look like Earnhardt is handling all that well, but he is just literally wrestling the car, coming through the corner. He's going to get cut down low when he needs to, going high when he doesn't need to stay at the bottom of the track, and he is tracking down Bodine. So the field comes back across the stripe. We'll get the clocks on them this time by. It should be less than a second. Bodine across, Earnhardt across, 0.82 seconds, the differential, and it continues to narrow up in turn one. Basically, clear racetrack ahead, although they're coming up on Phil Parsons. Parsons running strong throughout this race, had a little bit of ignition trouble. He has since dropped off the pace. Bodine and Earnhardt will work on him as they head onto the backstretch. And on they come. Parsons will have to move out of the way as these two come down through here. It may help Jeff a little bit because he's got someone to draft with for just a moment and then swing by as he goes into the banking. Set Phil Parsons sitting right in front of Jeff Bodine. Bodine will try to hook on to the rear deck of that car and use him as a drafting partner if need be. Looks like he doesn't need a partner. Bodine goes to the high side of the track. He's ready to make his move around the score car. Earnhardt continues to come on strong. I asked him yesterday, do you feel like you have the best car in the field? I'm confident it is a good race car as anybody's out there. And uh, We have pretty good luck all day. I think we'll be in a, you know, can be around at the end and be in the spot we need to be, I think we'd be have a shot to win the race. And uh, the main thing in my mind right now is just getting through that first 190 laps and wait for the last 10 laps to be in the right place and hopefully the right time. Daytona is a position racetrack. If you can keep that car in the lead lap as Richard Petty and a half a dozen drivers who have won this thing have told us over the years, you've always got a shot to win. Let's go to Dick Rose. Uh, Barney, I went down and talked to uh, Tim Richmond came out and he and he took off down the pit road like he was going to run all day and, and then he then he came by slow and uh, then he came by a little bit quicker and I went down and talked to Harry Hyde and he said that what generally happens when you change a yoke from one drive shaft to another you almost always get a vibration and they are they got they've got a pretty good vibration in it so they were talking back and forth and he told him just to run it at the speed that the last vibration was and they were trying to go ahead and ride it out so. Uh, 
Uh, I've tried that before, and sometimes you make it, sometimes you don't. So we'll see. Richmond's done a good job nursing that car along here today with a share of problems and a lot of sore muscles from a crash on Thursday. Dale Earnhardt has caught Jeff Bodine in their battle for the lead in the Daytona 500. Meanwhile, Darrell Waltrip continued to try and hunt down Sterling Marlin in what could shape up in a battle for fourth place. We are 177 laps into the event from the Daytona International Speedway. This is MRN, the Motor Racing Network. At the Daytona International Speedway, Dale Earnhardt and Jeff Bodine have this crowd and a lot of suspense as to what's going to happen here this afternoon. Earnhardt has chased down Bodine. He's about a half a car length back as he heads to turn four. Moving up on the rear deck of Bodine and now looking to the high side. Here comes Benny Parsons trying to track him down. Parsons goes way high, coming off number four. Now, Benny Parsons is a lap down, but he has helped Earnhardt draft up there a moment ago, or vice versa. He hung on to Earnhardt draft. The two running together put Benny up there. He is just one lap behind with a chance to put himself back on the lead lap and a lot of racing left at Daytona yet. 19 laps to go. Benny Parsons has been loose a couple of times here. Turns one and two. He is really scrambling to get back on the lead lap. Then, of course, pray for a caution flag. Leaders now flash by Tommy Ellis. Bodine takes it low off the turn. He's got Earnhardt on his bumper. Then the Parson brothers right behind him. Benny and Phil drafting tightly. They're looking for a chance to get past the leaders and get on the lead lap. Once again, back into the banking of turn number three. Jeff Bodine with Dale Earnhardt sitting right there waiting to make his shot. Maybe saving those fires for right now as he's been taking a high line around turns three and four. Darrell Waltrip, who had been closing in earlier on the Sterling Marlin automobile, that battle now as Darrell gets squeezed through the tri-oval area down the short chute. Kyle Petty actually in front of Ricky Rudd. Those two cars nearly came together, but they're working back towards turn number one as the field continues to chase down the front twosome of Jeff Bodine and Dale Earnhardt. Jeff Bodine, a car length lead over Dale Earnhardt. Benny Parsons goes way up to the high side. He can't hold the bottom of the racetrack, but Earnhardt continues to wear out the back bumper of Bodine. They all take different lines through the turn. They all come out in the same place, right down the middle of the backstretch. Bodine not trying to do much to break the draft. He doesn't want to give Earnhardt any chance to go high or low. Single file, those four cars as they work into turn number three. Earnhardt trying to close in on Bodine. Benny Parsons seems to uh, want to help out too much as far as helping in the draft there. Tell you who has really given that car a ride today is old BP, Benny Parsons. He's had a heck of a run here. Had he not found himself a lap down, he still has a chance to win it, but he's going to have to get some luck to get back on the lead lap, but he's given the car quite a ride. We were talking a minute ago, can they go the distance? Fuel sometimes becomes a factor here at Daytona. Let's first go to Jerry Punch. Standing in the Levi Garrett pits with Gary Nelson, the crew chief for Jeff Budine. Gary, you got to go 41 laps on fuel to, to finish. Can you make it? Yeah, it's going to be close, but I think we can make it on the fuel. Um, we're running in the lead right now. We know Earnhardt's pretty tough. It'd be nice if we could get a caution just to assure ourselves to get a little fuel, but also we've got a lot of better set of tires here in the pits we'd like to have on the car. Well, that's Gary Nelson. They'd like to get him in and put some tires on. Rick Hendrick, the car owner, standing here with Nelson as they're plotting his last lap strategy. And what about Dale Earnhardt? Can he go the distance, Dick Brooks? I'm standing here talking to Junior Johnson's people. I hadn't got down to where Dale's car is yet. And I asked them if they could run 40 laps. 
if they had to, and they said they could. So maybe they can run further than I ever did. Marty, I'm in the Dale Earnhardt pitch with Kirk Chelmerdine, and Kirk, you guys, you got to go 39 left to the finish. Can you go that far on fuel? We think we can. Well, they're being pretty tight-lipped here. They said they made it 39 last before, but they're awfully concerned because Earnhardt had to push the car to catch Bodine here a few laps to go. And did Kirk sound like a voice of confidence there, or was he thinking about it a little bit? Well, I'm sure he's thinking about it, and I'm also sure that Jeff Bodine and Gary Nelson are going to be thinking about it a little bit. And, of course, circumstances may dictate what happens before it's all over. We've seen that an awful lot of times at Daytona. You know, Barney, we were talking about how well Benny Parsons is running here, and had he been on the lead lap, uh, not losing the lap earlier, he could well be running for the win here. Benny told us that the Oldsmobile folks really did their homework getting set for 1986. I would say that's true. This is probably the the most the best contingent of Oldsmobiles that uh, NASCAR racing has seen since uh, the 77 442, and I think we probably stopped using those in what 1980. And uh, it's been a long dry spell for Oldsmobile, but I think they've got some good teams this year. Some people that that will work hard on the car, spend a lot of money on the car, and I look for Oldsmobile to have success this year. Benny Parsons as the leaders are in turn three. Jeff O'Dine up front holding to the low side of the track as Earnhardt tries to track down there with him again. Parsons goes right high. Brother Phil right behind him. At the Daytona International Speedway, here come the front runners, Jeff Bodine and Dale Earnhardt, linked up in that tight draft as they began to catch some of the lap traffic here. They'll move around late speed in just a moment with 10 laps to go in the Daytona 500. A quick report on Richard Petty. Apparently, they popped Richard's shoulder back into position after he hit the wall over in turn two earlier today, Jerry Punch. What would that mean? Well, Barney, possibly a shoulder can, can be re dislocated and relocated pretty easily. Some of the shoulders that are torn initially a long time ago are pretty easy to put back in position. So evidently they pulled it all over the Monaco Care Center and put it back in position. Why I have it, I'd like to say hello to Katherine Johnson, who's the nurse at the Monaco Care Center, has been ailing at Halifax Hospital in the intensive care unit. She's recovering now. She's been here since 1959. All the drivers, everyone involved in racing, would like to wish her a speedy recovery and Godspeed here back to the speed. White. She's been a, a big help a lot of years here at the Daytona Infield Care Center. A call to a lot of drivers who've had a not a spectacular run today, but have been out there with cars that have been a little bit, bit ill handling, but are still running well in the Daytona 500. Ricky Rudd, Morgan Shepard, Tommy Ellis, Trevor Boys, and Kyle Petty, along with Lake Speed, Doug Hebron, and Phil Parsons. But it now comes down, it looks like, to two cars to win the Daytona 500. We've seen that scene many, many times in recent years. Those two are just in turn two. Coming off the turn two, banking it down the straightaway again. It's still Earnhardt trailing Jeff Bodine with Benny Parsons and Phil Parsons right behind them. And they've also picked up the car now of Lake Speed. By now, Jeff Bodine's got to be wondering how much Dale Earnhardt has left as they come in the high banking of turn three and on to four. Benny Parsons down on the low side as Earnhardt gets a little loose. 
but they gather it back in quickly enough and back through the trioval they come. It is a five-car train at this juncture. Bodine and Earnhardt, then three other cars who are laps down. Benny and Phil Parsons along with the Lake Speed car. The front two, Mark Garrow battling today as they did in the Bush Grand National Series race yesterday. One thing Gail Earnhardt has proven this week, you can win from the point of Daytona. He's sort of rewriting the book. Bodine has been able to get out of turn two very, very low. What that means at the last lap, the Earnhardt will not be able to try to get inside him coming out of turn two. And that could mean, of course, a big factor in trying to make that slingshot work. Interesting thing now is Bodine and Earnhardt are pulling away from Benny Parsons, Phil Parsons, and Lake Speed. Bodine down the low side of the track. He's got a slower car ahead. He'll have to move around once he makes that move into that part of the speedway. Coming off turn is Bodine and Earnhardt. Uh, Earnhardt has won a couple of races here this week by being able to make his car really handle up in the turns. I asked him yesterday if it comes down to that situation today. Is the fact that your car is, so to speak, out handling everyone, can it do it? Well, it's working awful good. I don't know how bad it's out working them, but, uh, you know, I seem to found a pretty good groove around this racetrack. My car's working good there. We worked on getting the car where it wouldn't. We wouldn't have to run, be running up high against the wall. Uh, you know, after you run a while here at Daytona, it seems like everybody's up high running against the wall. And we tried to get the car working where it worked in the middle of the racetrack. And, uh, try to run around groove, so to speak, and we've got it geared for that and uh, handling for that, so hopefully we'll be there all day. He's there, that's for sure, but he's got to get around Jeff Bodine. He runs a little high again, and Earnhardt may just be exactly where he wants to be, and then again, the car may be just shooting up in the turns. He might not be able to pull it off. In a few laps, we're going to find out. Meanwhile, as they come across the start-finish line, the battle for fourth place has finally drawn to a nose-to-tail battle. It's heading down the back straightaway. Sterling Marlin is drafting off Rick Wilson, who was not in that particular battle. Marlin, car number one, is in fourth. Waltrip's behind him, Joe. Waltrip closing in there as they come through turn number three. Marlin right next in line. Rick Wilson up front, the last car. So those two cars battling nose to tail for fourth spot as the leaders continue to work their way through with nine, excuse me, with seven laps to go. They're up down the back stretch. They're now into the turn three banking, still no change. Jeff Bodine on the point, coming through once again. As again, Earnhardt goes way high. He may be planning to make his move on the outside instead of the low side. The crew's down on pit road getting a little jumpy right now. We'll check in with Jerry Punch first and get his report from the crew chief on that machine. Marty Gary Nelson here talking with uh, Rick Hendrick, the car owner on the Jeff Bodine car. The crews are pitted side by side down here. The only opening between their two pits, as you might predict, is the opening to Victory Lane here at the far end of pit road. Gary Nelson, a little bit anxious. Uh, Gary, I know you wanted, you wanted some fresh tires, but it looks like you're not going to get a chance to get them on the car. It doesn't look very likely. Uh, five and a half laps to go. We're going to do our best. So uh, number three is tough, but I, I think Jeff's been holding it back a little bit. When he saw Dale was catching him, he started conserving the car and conserving the tires. It's going to be a close finish, real close. So Jeff Bodine may have something he has not shown Dale Earnhardt yet. Well, Earnhardt.
Hart may have a little trick up his sleeve. He is one of the toughest in the business. Now, these two traded a little sheet metal and paint at Rockingham, North Carolina, last year in the Grand National race up there on Saturday. And there's no particular love loss between these two racers. They run each other extremely hard as they work back into the banking in the west end of the speedway just inches apart. Something just happened to uh, Earnhardt's car. They're getting the gas up. I was standing there ready to talk to Chillers. He turned to me and he says he's out of gas. Uh, he stuck back in and they're trying to get uh, trying to get everything back together, but they've got the gas cans up and everything ready to go. Right now, Benny Parsons is taking Phil Parsons underneath Earnhardt and they're going after Jeff Bodine. Earnhardt's up on the high side of Parsons. The that Parsons brothers on the bottom of the racetrack now as Jeff Bodine stays up in front. Earnhardt stays alongside Benny now as they enter four. And that might be the reason why Kirk Shelmerdine sounded as he did before, knowing that Earnhardt had to stop. Here comes the Wrangler Monte Carlo. Back to the stripe. There will be three laps to go as Bodine goes across the stripe. And Earnhardt, what a heartbreaker. He's down pit road. Jerry punches there. Well, the Wrangler Chevrolet comes to a screeching halt. You hear the brake screaming as he comes by. He actually slides by his pits, almost a half a pit length. The car smoking now. They're adding a little bit of fuel to the car. Richard Childers spraying in the carburetor. The car has not fired yet. They're pushing it. Now it fires. He heads down pit road. Dale Earnhardt has to be totally frustrated as he slid through the pits. They dumped in a little gas. He gets the car up to speed and moves back onto the speedway. But it will take a miracle now for him to win the Daytona 500. And a lot of smoke out of the car as Earnhardt heads for turn one. It might be all over for him right there. Also, the Sterling Marlin car is showing a good bit of smoke, Barney. It has pulled down to the low side of the racetrack. Meanwhile, Kyle Petty will stop for a quick fill of fuel, and Bodine is back to the line with a couple of laps remaining as they head back to turn number one. But Mark Garrow, both Sterling Marlin and Dale Earnhardt seem to have problems up in front of you. They certainly do. Dale Earnhardt's car is barely moving at the bottom of the racetrack. Sterling Marlin's car went by, billowing smoke. It looks Looks like Jeff Bonad has the Daytona 500 all wrapped up. We can hold on these final couple of laps. One thing I think that happens more than anything else in the late stages of a race, and a person does just exactly like they did. They spray ether into it to try to start it. Ether makes an awful big explosion in each cylinder, and sometimes you'll bend a rod or you can lose a rod bearing by doing that. That might just have happened to Dale Earnhardt. Here comes Bodine out of turn number four. As the laps wind down for the Daytona 500, Harold Kinder has the white flag in hand, and Jeff Bodine might just pull what would have to be an upset of the week. Not that the car has been running that bad, but there were a lot of drivers who were favored to win it over Bodine. He takes the white flag and heads for turn one. No doubt about it, the biggest win ever for Jeff Bodine is now at hand. Bodine, who has won over 500 late model and modified races, this will be the crowning jewel on his racing career. He runs through turns one and two. He's back on the back stretch for the final time. And he'll be coming by the number three car of Earnhardt, which is slow to the inside of the back stretch and Jeff Bodine with some drafting help from the Parson brothers is heading into turn number three on his victory lap. Coming off a winless 1985 season, the Levi Garrett crew's got to be excited now as Jeff Bodine brings the car into the banking of turn number three. He's got Ben Parsons with him. He's on his way to a win. Bodine was second in the qualifying to Bill Elliott, second in a qualifying race, second in the Goodies 300, but he is first here at Daytona in the final 
500 as across the stripe Bodine takes a checkered flag while the battle ongoing down the back straightaway up into turn number three as Waltrip is there. Darrell Waltrip rides up there. He has been battling with Rusty Wallace for that fourth spot. Make that the third position. It looks like Waltrip will get it as he comes out of turn number four. He made a move going into three to get underneath him. As they head for the line, Wallace has one final shot at him, but he's not going to be able to do a thing with him because there's a lapped car ahead of them in Rick Wilson, and Waltrip will finish third here this afternoon. Let's go to Jerry Punch. An absolute pandemonium down here in the Hendrick Motorsports pits, and I'm with Rick Kendrick. Rick, congratulations on a super win here in Daytona. Well, I tell you, I, I'm glad we could win this with Jeff and Levi Garrett, and I'm just tickled to death, and thank you, God. We've had some good luck all week, and we're really happy with us when I tell you, this is a nice one. This is a nice one. Well, you'll hear him screaming in the background, Gary Nelson and the crew jumping up and down, throwing the Levi Garrett hats in the air as Jeff Bodine has done it here at Daytona. The biggest win ever. You can't win a bigger one than the Daytona 500, and Jeff Bodine has pulled it off here this year with a brand new team, so to speak. They took a lot of new folks together, and it's all over as Jeff Bodine has won it again, finishing second, Terry Labonte. Labonte has had some outstanding runs at Daytona, has been so close to winning it. One of these days, he's gonna make it to victory lane. Barney, and and another member of our Motor Racing Network crew today, Rusty Wallace on board the Allegard Pontiac, and Rusty, they show you in fourth place at the finish, a super run for you today. Well, thank you very much, Eli. The guys did a real great job for me all day long and uh, had a little problem earlier, and I could have beat Daryl then, but I was just too loose. And uh, car had a lot of horsepower all day long. You could pretty well run it wherever you wanted, so thanks a lot. Well, thank you for joining us on the broadcast, and we'll see you next weekend at Richmond. NASCAR Today continues on the Motor Racing Network. The biggest win of his career for young Jeff Bodine. He's in victory lane with Jerry Punch. Absolutely, Barney. The biggest win of this young man's career, Jeff Bodine. Can you believe it? I can't. Uh, Kathy and I just uh, have to thank everybody. Rick Henry, Gary Nelson, his wife, all the guys on our crew. They worked day and night to get us here. We, you know, they just put this team together two months ago. And I want to thank Rick for having a confidence in me to, to keep going and, and put this team together for me. It's, it wouldn't have happened without Rick Hendrick. I think he's the best car owner in the business. But everything went beautiful today. You know, we slowed up at the end of the race, trying to let Dale get by me, but he's smart enough not to go by. But we were trying to save our tires. It was getting pretty loose, so we wanted to slow down and cool the tires down as much as we could. When I saw him run out of gas, Jerry, I haven't breathed. I didn't take a breath for the next three laps. It was unbelievable. Just a fantastic day, day for Jeff Bodine and his whole family. Did you think you might be able to hold him off? You know, he's been so strong all week, and yesterday you told me he's outrun you a couple times this week. You wanted to switch the tables today. We got real loose. Uh, he had a little fresher tires on the left side. That might have helped him. But we'll never know what that shootout would have been. He ran out of gas. He was strong. He did a fantastic job down here all week. I even wanted to see him break the record if I couldn't win. But uh, I'd rather win, and this feels fantastic. Well, you picked up a lot of cash today, and you're also the first entrant in the Winston Million, and they're the Winston, rather, and you have a chance to win the Winston Million this year. 
Well, with this team, I think I do have a chance here. This is a great team, great people, hardworking people, dedicated. They had confidence in me, and I just love them for that. And uh, what a day. I, I can't, can't say enough for the day, the people that have worked hard day and night, the sponsors, uh, Levi Garrett, Exide Motor Oil, they've stuck with us. And uh, just the, the best day in, in my life, except when I met this girl here and when we had her two boys. Barney, if you could see Jeff Bodine, tears in his eyes here. Kathy along beside him. Kathy, uh, I know you've got to be so happy uh, with uh, for the win for you and Jeff. I'm really speechless, and you know I'm going to cry if you stick the mic in my mouth. <laughs> Say hi to Matthew and Barry. Hi, kids. I hope you were watching and not out playing because Daddy just ran one hell of a race. <laughs> well, they're absolutely crying, holding each other here in victory lane. The Bodines, Kathy and Jeff, the biggest moment of their life. This what looked to be a record crowd is beginning to file out. They got their nickels worth here, as they always do at any race that we see at Daytona or any of the Winston Cup tracks, for that matter. Next weekend, up at Richmond Fairgrounds Raceway, they'll move to the short tracks and go from the 200 five mile an hour speeds down to about 96 98 miles an hour but the action will not let up a bit let us take you a bit uh, further back in the field and give you the unofficial final finish uh, for today's running of the daytona 500 jeff bodine of course uh, wins it with terry labonte second daryl waltrip third bobby hillen jr with a fine run takes the fourth spot benny parsons will come home in fifth ron bouchard sixth seventh goes to rick wilson a good run for the florida driver rusty wallace will be shown right now in eighth position with Sterling Marlin ninth and Lake Speed tenth. Eleventh goes to Ricky Rudd. Jody Ridley in a one-time deal with car number 57 for this event. He finishes in twelfth spot. Thirteenth is Bill Elliott. Fourteenth, Dale Earnhardt who, well, he was running for second spot but ends up in fourteenth. Doug Hevron comes home in the fifteenth spot. Good run for the New York driver there. Sixteenth position, Kyle Petty. Dick Trickle seventeenth. Eighteenth, Trevor Boys. Tommy Ellis gets nineteenth spot and Tim Richmond twentieth. Twenty-first First goes to Grant Adcox, then Morgan Shepard, Buddy Arrington, Phil Parsons was 24th, Jim Sauter 25th, Buddy Baker takes 26th, 27th goes to Cale Yarborough, completing just 116 of the 200 laps. Joe Rutman was 28th, 29th, A.J. Foyt, Harry Gant was in the 30th spot at the race's conclusion. 31st goes to Eddie Beerswall. Neil Bonnet finishes 32nd. 33rd, Ken Schrader. 34th, Poncho Carter. Greg Sachs was 35th, ahead of Richard Petty, 36th. Mark Martin takes 37th place. Then Dave Marcus, Jimmy Means, Larry Pearson, Kirk Bryant, and the first retiree of the race, Bobby Allison, finishes just 21 laps, and he finishes the 42nd position. We thank you very much for joining us on Motor Racing Network. And those of us on the broadcast extend our thanks to Martha Oliver and Louise Frazier, who handled the scoring loop. The spotters were Jack Canavan, Bill Sloboda, and Peter Locke. The pit runners, Jim Norton and Richard Hawkins. Our satellite engineering handled by Harry Howard. Our assistant engineer, Nelson Crozier. And the in-car radio provided by Nelson Specialties and sponsored by Absorbine Jr. Our thanks to Mark Garrow, who covered the action in turns one and two. Dave Sutherland down the back stretch. Joel Moore up in turns three and four. Super job as always by Dick Brooks and Dr. Jerry Punch on Pit Road. And for Barney Hall, I'm Eli Gold, thanking you again for joining us for coverage of the Daytona 500 and our congratulations to Jeff Bodine and the Levi Garrett team, champions of the 1986 Daytona 500. Motor Racing Network Classics is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina. Remember to visit MRN.com for all the latest news and information. Any use of 
of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.